Hello and welcome to On The Escape. Another one of our lockdown series as the boys still can't get together. But as always, I've got Peppy and Monks with me. My name is Sean. This is a sports podcast and we're going to talk about a lot of football codes. Um, we've got the AFL Premier Finals coming up and then we've got the NRL first week of finals. Uh, on the flip side, or internationally, we've got the NFL kicking off. Their first week of um, play starts tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, and there's international cricket. Uh, soccer going on as well uh, with World Cup qualifiers too and then in the final round we'll probably we'll talk about some fighting some UFC news of course there's F1 golf and a little bit of tennis to finish off Uh, as always remember we do have timestamps you can skip ahead to whatever sport takes your fancy Um, and if you do like these this content please consider giving us chucking us a subscribe or even a follow on Instagram comments or likes they all help out with that said, boys, how your week been? Yeah, not too bad. Another week locked down here in the nation's capital, but I uh, can't complain. Looking forward to getting stuck in. Uh, we've got a massive, massive weekend of sport upcoming uh, with the with the preliminary finals in the AFL, the league finals just underway, and and one of our favourite sports in the NFL kicking off on the weekend. So, look. We might we might be locked down, but the, the telly's still working and uh, and my eyes still work, so I can't complain too much over it. Yeah, definitely. A lot of sport to happen, of course. And then, the, well, there's we've already talked about India versus England, so please check out that video. Uh, but the second, the, well, not second, the last test, the fifth test, um, that kicks off tomorrow night as well. Yeah, and it comes around quick, doesn't it? Yeah, so a lot of great sport to, to get stuck into. And with that... Maybe we talk about shout a beer. Um, perhaps do you want to go first? Who do you want to shout a beer out this week? Mate, I'll kick us off. Uh, Tim Moody, uh, NRL Supercoach winner, uh, gets allocated 50 grand for their efforts. I think over half a million people playing NRL Supercoach. I'm on the NRL Fantasy. I think there's over half a million people playing that. Um, and you wouldn't believe it. Two weeks ago, his sister got diagnosed with breast cancer, the poor thing. Um, so they, they interviewed him and they said, what, what, what's the 50 grand going to? And he said, look, 45's going straight to the sis, help out with her treatment. I might keep maybe five for myself. I think he wants a, a customised Villiama Kikau uh, jersey, big Panthers fan, um, and, and the rest is going to help his sister out. So, mate, I'm shouting him a beer. Absolute legend effort. Um, big NFL fantasy nuffies here. Uh, play a little bit of of NRL and AFL and, and always no good. Shout out to, to the steamboat, Michael Steams, and if he's listening, they absolutely towels us every year in AFL fantasy. Um, there's a lot of people that play it. It's, it's, it's um, you know, it's really revolutionised the way that people watch sport, uh, and this bloke happened to be the best player out of about half a million uh, Aussies playing NRL Supercoach and, uh, yeah, helping out his sister. So enjoy it, Tim. Well earned, mate. Yeah, definitely. Monks, who's your shout of beer for? Yeah, um, I'm going to shout a beer for Lauren Jackson this week. So it's just come with the start of the WNBA season um, about to uh, hit us. Um, they announced uh, the, the, the W25, um, mm-hmm. so being the 25th season. They announced the 25 top um, and most influential players in WNBA history. Lauren Jackson was one of them. Um, and she's also getting inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame this week as well. Um, to, so, yeah, shouting a beer to Lauren Jackson on a stellar career. Yeah, great Australian legend of the basketball arena. Mm. Yeah. 
So that leaves me. And my shout of beer was going out to the Paralympics. Um, another great event. It finished up this week on the 5th. Uh, so I wanted to shout a beer out to all the participants for putting in a great effort and for putting on an excellent event, as always, um, in the Paralympics. Um, and I think China came home first with a boatload of medals, followed by Great Britain and the USA. And I think Australia was eighth from – no, that was right. Yeah, eighth from memory. I think so, uh, yeah. I think Italy were right behind them. Um, but, yeah, another great event in the books uh, following up from the Olympics a couple of months ago – well, a month ago. You're sharing a few beers there, Sean. Mm-hmm. Every Paralympian. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> the brewery, the Saria Brewery, will go broke with the amount of beers that I've just offered up. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have to get a sponsorship deal to make sure I can pay for all of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, with that said, I think we kick off and get stuck into some football, and we're going to kick off with the AFL uh, here, heading into their semi final. Well, the semi finals happened last week. Um, so we'll cover those two games real quick. Uh, Geelong took on GWS. Geelong were winners, 103 to 68. Of course, um, well, the Cats were too good. Toby Green, less Giants. Um, big Tom Hawkins kicked five. Lockie Winfield uh, was best for the Giants with 34 disposals. What did you boys think of this one? Yeah, it was it was the Cats from, from the get-go, really. It was one of those games where they just got that early lead and uh, the Giants couldn't really uh, claw their way back into it. Yeah, obviously, the, the yeah. big talking point was uh, Toby Green getting scratched last week. We already spoke ad nauseum about that. Um, it'd be, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, Geelong going up against Melbourne. I think they, they match up well. Uh, but, but this one, yeah, not... Look, it wasn't a blowout, but it was just one of those games where you just had the feeling that that the Cats were going to come home with it. The Saturday night, however, yeah. the, the the Bulldogs and the Lions, one of one of the all-time classics. Um, the, the Dogs get home in an absolute thriller by a point, a, a handy uh, behind from uh, from Latham Vandermeer, right right at the death there, um, to, to to get them ahead by a point. Jack McRae, big as always, uh, he had 39 and a goal, and a real standout game for Bailey Smith performing on the big stage with uh, with 27 and a goal, uh, a really crucial goal. And, Sean, you're a Lions fan. Um, you'll have to let me know because the last few years, the, and Fade said it after the game, they feel like they're so close but they're so far. It seems like they always come to – they made the prelims last year – but then I think three out of the last four, they've bowed out here in the semis. They've put in good seasons, but they just can't quite get there. And look, you lose by a point, you can't really. It, that, that's just for flip of a coin kind of shit. Um, how do you think the, the players are feeling about this? Do you think they're starting to get a bit frustrated or do you think they just keep building towards towards the next year? Yeah, potentially, and that might lead into the next point. Um, I think what you said there, the flip of the coin uh, that potential like luck or bounce the ball because right at the end of this game, the classic example, we've got Ch- Charlie Cameron one-on-one uh, with no one within 50 metres of him and the one Bulldogs defender. Um, the bounce the ball is all he needs and then he's got that, he runs away with it, scores a goal, wins the game. Um, of course, they doesn't get the bounce, they fight over it and the ball goes out, everyone comes along to defend and then the Bulldogs end up winning. So. Yeah, there is a. Oh, there's always a little bit of aspect of luck into it, but sometimes with the really good teams, they make their own luck. Um, you know, they're they lost by a point. Um, yeah, can't can't criticise them. And, and there's, they, there they was lost. a little bit of question mark around that Taylor Jure 
battle with Charlie Cameron at the end there. Had he kicked it out of bounds, uh, you know, de- deliberately. And and sometimes it comes down to that. Sometimes it comes down to the umpire's call. So well, you got to commend Brisbane on a, on another good season. They've got a young list. They're, they're, I think they're only going to get better. Um, and and yeah, like like Fake said, so close but so far. But they'll be there or thereabouts in 2022. Yeah. So. Two points. Um, well, one of the points of the next one. Uh, Jared did get knocked out in this, so uh, Mr. Berry he, he face planted um, was not by by his words, not the worst, or by his uncle's, by my uncle's words, his father's words, not the not the worst knockout he, he's had. Like as soon as he hit the ground, he basically said, "I where am I? What am I doing?" Um, yeah. So he had no idea what was going on. So they ruled him out. He didn't play the rest of the match, um, but he, he had a Supposedly a worse one than that, but I was like, hey, um, concussion still concussions, that shit adds up over time. So, yeah, um, yeah. a lot going forward. Um, but yeah, so again, I know, you know, what happens if Jared plays the, the rest of the match? Not saying he's going to be the difference, but you know, you've got a more a long term player in the squad versus a medical sub. Who knows? But you know, the boys were destroyed afterwards. Um, and you made your point about frustration, and that. I think might lead into the next point here because the news, I think straight up the next day, I think came out that there was a chat that Lockie Neal had asked to be traded um, back to Freo. He wanted to go back to Perth. Wife, of course, pregnant, want to raise their first kid there. Um, whether maybe what, what it ended up being was um, they were, they had a conversation about, I'm not sure what I want to do um, long-term uh, like a, like a, a theoretical what's your five-year plan kind of thing. It's like, hey, I probably want to go back to Perth and raise my kids there. That's where you know, where I want to base myself. It was like, But that doesn't mean I, I want to leave tomorrow, um, mm. which the media, of course, jumps all over. Um, so Lockie did come out and confirm today that he is staying, uh, that he's got unfinished business, he wants to play 2022 at the Lions. Take that with what you will. I've seen plenty of players come out and say, hey, I'm staying, I'm here, and then two minutes later, like, see ya, and <laughs> they're gone. Because uh, the deal's gone through, but uh, uh, I'll across codes there, Sean. But we were talking about Bill Belichick assuring Cam Newton that he had a spot on a roster uh, two weeks ago, and we all know how that panned out. Uh, yeah, you do have to take it with a grain of salt. But yeah, um, you'd you'd like to see him stay with with Brisbane. They they forked out an arm and a leg to get him uh, with two first round draft picks. Um, and most of that back, I would think. You yeah. now, of course. But I, we talked a week ago about windows. Um, you lose Lockie Neal and you start thinking about that window. Um, does it get slammed shut? Maybe not. Like you say, it's a, it's a young list. They potentially get um, replacement, but also he's probably the best player at the club or the, the most uh, you know visible as the, the leader of that club. You lose him. What does that do to the other boys? Maybe that deflates them for half a season and you know, they've sneaked into eighth place kind of thing. Uh, so, you, again, you worry about windows. These are the sort of things that start creeping that window shut when you know, your best player wants out, he leaves, and some of you other guys are like, well, I'm getting offered, you know, a slightly better money here. Uh, potentially maybe they might be doing something more. I'll go there. Um, and then that window does get slammed shut on you. So you got to capitalise on when you've got the talent. Is, I guess my final point. Yeah, for sure. We'll keep an eye uh, on what happens there. Obviously, it is a day-by-day kind of situation. Someone who has put the pen to paper is Cam Guthrie, 
Uh, we spoke at length about him being snubbed from the All-Australian squad. I thought he was in the top 40 players in Australia for sure this year. He's uh, he's signed on for four more years at the Cattery, um, but I don't think he'd be too concerned about it because he's got a massive game coming up tomorrow uh, against the Melbourne Demons. Uh, we need to discuss that, boys. Uh, Melbourne, obviously, they haven't won, won a flag since 1964. Uh, the longest uh, streak in the AFL at the moment. And uh, for, for pretty much our whole lifetimes, other than that prelim back in 18, uh, haven't really featured mu- that much uh, heavily uh, in in the business end of the uh, of the year. Conversely, the Cats, they're always there. This is their 12th prelim out of the last 18 years. Uh, they've got what... Uh, Two two flags out of that, and uh, and four grand final appearances. Um, what do we think here, boys? Melbourne, they're trying they're trying to break the hoodoo. They're trying to do it for you know they they might have sixty something year old um, fans that are that you know were only little little tackers when they last uh, when they last <laughs> won won the comp. And uh, and Geelong, you know, it, it's just another year for them. Uh, doesn't make it any less important. Uh, two, they, they're kind of different sides here. We've we've got the the great back back line uh, in the in the Melbourne Demons with with May and Lever, both all Australians, and then Max Gorn, um, you know, the all Australian captain Ruckman, with with Clayton Oliver and Christian Petrarca running off him. And then, conversely, you know, Geelong, you've you've got Big Tom Hawkins, who's has been one of the best um, full forwards. Uh, in recent memory, and you've got new signing Jeremy Cameron up front, and a and a pretty handy midfield to go with it. Um, how do we see this this turning out? Can can you pick a winner? Uh, because I've I've found it very difficult. Um, I've I've gone Melbourne. I think I think just just from that midfield prowess of Gorn, Petrarca, and Oliver, very very hard to match. But having said that, I think this could go either way. Yeah, so I thought I might have tipped Geelong, and I was thinking uh, my reasoning, of course, would have been, uh, which was the same reasoning I had last year. If you want to make it to the final, make it to the you know play in the grand final, the granny, and then potentially win a flag, you need to go through the Geelong or the Richmond, the veteran clubs that are built for finals footy. Um, the so yeah, the, the gatekeepers, and you saw last year that uh, no one could get through the gatekeepers, and of course they played in the final. Um, but I just checked it. I have picked Melbourne because overall you think Melbourne got the talent. Um, like they say, like you just listed, they've got the squad. Potentially, maybe they run into Geelong and they're just a year away. Like they've gone like, hey, we're just this is we need to lose this finals to understand like how how to win a final and we come back next year. Um, I could see that happening. Like you said, coin tossed in this one. I think it'd be an excellent game of footy, but I have tipped Melbourne. So go the days. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Extremely tough one to pick. Um, and odds probably don't really reflect it either. Um, I definitely think it's going to be a close game. Um, I have gone the days as well. So yes. fingers crossed we haven't put the curse on them. <laughs> um, they are favourites at the moment. A dollar fifty. Geelong are out at two dollars sixty at the moment. Yeah, um, interesting that you say that that does. I don't think that reflects how close this is. I, I'm not sure why Melbourne are that short. Um, yeah. 
obviously we've all gone them, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think that a dollar fifty to two dollars sixty quite reflects how close this game could be. Yeah, went down to a kick, you know, three weeks ago. We, we were talking about Max Gorn kicking that one after the siren for mm. for the D's to come away in that last uh, that last game of the regular season to win the minor premiership. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not quite sure why Melbourne are so short in dollar fifty. You wouldn't think having a week off plays into that that much. Um, no. They are at Optus Stadium, but I mean they've both had to travel for that anyway, so. Neutral, neutral ground. Yeah. I, I, that has anything to do with anything. Um, you know, yeah. we'll get into the next prelim in a sec, where I th- obviously it's going to be a massive difference. But um, yeah, yeah. And and the other the other kind of storyline here is the young versus old. You know, a, a changing of the guard, if you will. Um, you know, over over at um at Geelong, you know, you've got you've got Selwood, you've got Dangerfield, you've got um you know Mitch Duncan, you've got You've got these guys that are starting to get on a little bit, and then you've got all this this young talent coming through at Melbourne. So possibly is it this changing of the guard type of scenario? Perhaps you did. Uh, you brought up a good name, Selwood. Did he get referred for his elbow? No. Uh, it, well, sorry, he did. He did get referred. He did get referred. Uh, he didn't. He didn't get suspended. And uh, then it's over green tax for him. So yeah. When when you look no, when you okay. look at the when you look at the footage, when you look at the footage, they look pretty similar. They look pretty similar, uh, and that that has been a hot topic uh, this this past week. Uh, is you know is Selwood a protected species? Do we need to chuck him in there with the Lance Franklins and the uh, and the great white sharks of the world? Uh, you know, doesn't doesn't matter how good they are. You, you know, you, there's nothing there's nothing that you can do. They can't be touched. And then the Toby Green tax about. Breathing on an on an umpire and getting three weeks. <laughs> uh, well, Just talking to him. Yeah, mm. you, you did answer my question. So, so what's still in? Um, I thought they were identical. I would have thought they'd give um, the the same penalty. But you know, taking it out of the NRL's book, no consistency. Um, we'll keep going from there. Max, what was the line in that game? Uh, the line is eleven. Yeah, uh, I think it was going to be closer than that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, any of that. Yeah, good what game. Too long? Was that two dollars something? Two sixty. Might be a bit juicy. Yeah, there's no oh, reason yeah. why they there's no reason why they cannot win this game. Yeah, no, like you said, they are, I guess, the gatekeeper. Um, mm. but yeah. So let's talk about the other game. We've got Port yeah. Adelaide taking on the Western Bulldogs at Adelaide Oval, as perhaps alluded to before. So Port Adelaide will have the massive home field advantage. Assuming they'll have a packed crowd out there, I don't think they're limited, or are they limited to 20,000? They had been limited to 20,000. I'm not sure if that's been allowed to go up. And we did speak about that first week of finals uh, when when they had that, that, um, that win, 20,000 standard lock, 60,000 in there. It felt like a full house. Uh, that that port crowd gets very vocal. And you've got the Western Bulldogs coming off a one-point win and then the week before playing Essendon in the rain in, in Tasmania and then three weeks of losses behind that. So, and I think the odds probably reflect it. I think port going into this quite handsome favourites with the home ground advantage the week off and, um, and some, some really, you know, People people talk about this Western Bulldogs midfield with with Bontempelli and McRae and how good they've been. They, they 
kind of a little bit under the radar sometimes about how good Ollie Wines and Travis Boak have been this year. So that midfield matchup will be great to watch. Can't wait. Um, I've gone I've gone Port. I think that the, the week off and the home ground advantage is massive. Um, and I'm probably – look, I wouldn't put my house on it, but I'm probably more confident here in Port getting the win here than, than the Friday game. I've done the opposite. I picked Western Bulldogs. Oh, uh, I like that. Yeah, right. And shout out to Macca because I think if I've picked Melbourne as well, the, the Macca household um, mm. <laughs> will be uh, jumping up and down uh, come grand final time. So, uh, yeah, either or for me, I, for both these games, flip of the coin again, uh, could, could be won by a single point or a single goal. They should both be very, very close. Um, so I've picked the Bulldogs. They beat Brisbane, so I'll, I'll pick them here. Monkey Magic, you got the casting vote here. A lot I of do. power. I do. Um, yeah, so it's been confirmed that the um, capacity for Adelaide Oval is going to be 26,500 this weekend, so should be a good crowd. Still only, yeah, 50%. Um, I have also gone... With Port, um, I guess yeah, you can't get past that home field advantage um, for them at the moment. Uh, they are favourites heading to the match a dollar forty. Uh, Western Bulldogs are out at two dollars ninety eight at the moment. Uh, we have yeah. a line of fifteen and a half. I'll be hungry with those Port fans. They haven't had that that flag since '04. Um, yeah. Look, look, there's no reason why the dogs can't do another miracle story. They they won it from, from sixth, I think it was. Uh, love to have Mackie here. <laughs> uh, back in back in uh, sixteen they did it they did it from nowhere. Um so can they do it from fifth this year? Look look we'll know in a few days, but I think Port are heavy favourites for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, before we finish up the AFL chat, I just wanna see Peps, did you see there was reports that Carlton had asked Collingwood how to run a head coaching search. No, I did not read this, and I don't know why you'd be asking them. <laughs> that was my point exactly. <laughs> it was like, why why would you ask them? Which I think kind of uh, hammer, keeps hammering home the point that um, the board uh, probably doesn't have an idea of what they're doing um, <laughs> over there. And um, maybe they're the consistent, consistent piece throughout all the years. Maybe they're the problem, not the solution. The, my feelings are um, the board was there with Nadia Bartel on the weekend, um, and and they were the ones that were that were doing the filming and putting it on Instagram. That that's I think where their heads at at the moment. Look, look, I'm not condoning it. I'm not condoning it. Uh, but you know, if you're gonna do it behind closed doors, is probably the best way. On your Instagram stories, probably not the best way. I think. I think we can put Carlton, Carlton's board and Nadia Bartel's best mate. Uh, we can paint them with the same brush at the moment. Yeah. I, I can't say that Carlton's got white line fever, though. They've probably got the opposite of that. <laughs> yeah. They've got a, what's it, when you're constantly disappointing fever. Oh, <laughs> you could probably call it Pep's fever, really. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, I was going to call it Asian sun fever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you come back and see me when you were a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, moving, uh, boys, moving on. Yeah, moving on. So then we move 
um, cross codes. We'll go into the NRL um, to kick off some NRL news. We'll start with Queensland. Uh, there's a bit of Queensland news actually going on. First with the State of Origin side, uh, Paul Green and Queensland Rugby League agreed to part ways. I think it all came down to Paul Green couldn't guarantee he wouldn't take a head coaching job uh, next season. At the moment, I don't think there's any positions open. Uh, there's always the chat about Michael Maguire getting the shaft um, and potentially uh, he could be a replacement of the Tigers. But by all accounts, they all want Tim Sheen to come back, and if that's mm-hmm. the case. Mm-hmm. Players like um, Maguire want to keep him. Who knows what's happening there? Nothing official. They're doing a review. Supposedly the players are helping do that review. Again, no idea what's happening out west. Um, absolute shit show out there. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah. Uh, but for Queensland's Paul Green out, so they're now looking at a replacement staff. The rumours are uh, that Billy Slater will get offered the job. Uh, I think the only NRL coaching experience he has is under 12s. Uh, so it'll be interesting. Of course, he's uh, probably potentially an immortal at a fullback position, um, the greatest of the last two decades, uh, not named um, Tedesco or Tommy Turbo currently. Um, the rumours, though, also that JT potentially would be on his staff. JT didn't want the head coaching job, but he could potentially be on the staff. Uh, and uh, Wayne Bennett might be included as well as, an, again, a consultant sounding board as part of it. I think they just want to create a Queensland Legends coaching staff and then they'll probably have the actual technical guys that come in and run, say, the offensive and defensive sides of the ball for them. Um, but it's interesting how they're taking that direction on Queensland. No idea how it'll come off. Um, but don't will tell. Wasn't Wayne Bennett's name linked to every single Brisbane expansion club that we we're talking about a, a week ago? <laughs> None of that's official yet. Truth is around any of these. I think you know they're like, oh, let's talk about something. Wayne Bennett's going there. You know, there's, there's a head coaching spot available at the Jacksonville Jaguars. I heard that Wayne Bennett's available. <laughs> I don't know how much to read into that. Um, however, the, the Billy Slater. The Billy Slater talk is definitely real, and uh, and possibly uh, with some with some um, assistance from JT. I think Wayne I think Wayne Bennett gets goes to an NRL club. Uh, is my my personal thinking behind this. Um, would love to see Billy. You know, the bloke's not long retired. It'd be very interesting to see uh, a young coach. You know, putting his toe in the water for the first time and going out in the Origin arena um, to see how that goes. I'd I'd be surprised if 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 Wayne Bennett ends up uh, being a, a, the Queensland coach next year. Yeah, well, I think I think the potential fit would be uh, if they're bringing an expansion team in. That team won't start till 2023. It, Wayne's contract finishes this year, and I don't think the Rabbits tried to extend him, but I'm not sure if they've agreed to anything. So is that year overlap where Wayne will be getting ready and like doing all the roster stuff, trying to build his team for 2023? But maybe he can do like a side consultancy gig and help out Queensland next year. A little interim job, if you will. Yeah, yeah. All, all, all aligning the the stars there. But uh, it'll be interesting, like you say, what Billy does. Um, mm. uh, he's got an excellent uh, NRL mind, definitely. Uh, yeah. Just how he can then turn that into coaching and um, getting the boys G'd up for a, a massive game against New South Wales um, mm. in the middle of next year. So something that has been confirmed, uh, the grand final is going to be at Suncorp. Uh, they're expecting a full house. There was a bit of cocoa up there today for Queensland, so we'll see how they go in the coming weeks. Um, but, you know, I think they threw $19 million at uh, NRL yeah. to, to um, get the 
get the rights to host the, the grand final and you know, big dick um, Peter Volandes loves million dollars, um, especially when there's 19 of them. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure uh, what uh, Queensland government's uh, sports or media budget's looking like at the moment because they've spent a fuckload on NRL games. Well, it, you know, you got to spend money to make money, Sean. I think that a lot of that comes into play. And I think you might be underestimating who's got the biggest dick running around there. And I, I think it's Anastasia Palaszczuk. I think I think Volandis has flopped it out and they've gone, yeah, that's a good nine, nine and a half inches. And then Anastasia's just gone, check out this fucking subway foot long. And, and, she's, and she's chucked it on the table. It's, look, we don't want to get too political here. We're, we are a sports podcast. Um, but it's you saw it with Origin. You know, there's all these COVID rules, rah, 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 and then all of a sudden, oh, you know, we can have an exception for Origin. We can have an exception for the grand final. We can have an exception when the prime minister of the country wants to go see his kids on Father's Day. That's that's completely different to the rest of the, rest of the country. Uh, but, look, jokes aside, I, I'm kind of – I'm glad that we've got an NRL grand final confirmed at – arguably the best venue to watch rugby league in the world and, and a full crowd. Like, look, the, the COVID argument is is it's another kettle of fish. I want to see a, a packed-out Suncorp Stadium to, to um, you know, watch the, the culmination of, of a long season. I think I think it's the right, right call. Um, and polit- politics aside, I want to see a bit of atmosphere at this game. The one issue I guess they've got is uh, the Queensland teams this year have stunk. Um, the Titans only scraped into eighth. Uh, maybe you consider Melbourne a pseudo Queensland team. Um, Definitely. But <laughs> see, it won't yeah, matter. That, New South Wales team. This, ga- this game will sell out. It doesn't matter who's playing. This game will sell out. Trust me. And, um, yeah, look, it, it, may, it may not be as passionate as a crowd as you might see if, if the Broncos were there. You got to cast your mind back a long time, actually, before you can imagine the Broncos being any good. Um, but but don't worry if this is Melbourne versus Penrith or Melbourne versus South or Melbourne versus Manly or Melbourne versus Anastasia Palaszczuk. There, um, <laughs> you, you, you're going to see a packed out Suncorp Stadium, I think. Oh, definitely, big time. So with that, I think we need to talk about the NRL finals and the games coming up. Uh, the regional fans, big winners, of course, this weekend. There's games on the Sunshine Coast. Townsville gets a double header and Rockhampton as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Peps, sounds like you're pumped for the games after a pretty pointless oh, month of footy. Yeah, I, I think we've sort of harped <laughs> on it a little bit uh, on the podcast. It's it's a long season and some of these games I've just gone, look, I'm not I'm not fucking watching that. If the last regular season game of the year that you're going to dish up is West Tigers and Canterbury Bulldogs, and Canterbury go out and put 38 on them to zip, look, I'm I'm trying my best just to watch my own team. The, you know, the, since the whole the party at Vaughnies, I'm trying to get passionate about watching the Dragons. I'm I'm glad we're here. I'm keen for the weekend. I can't wait to get stuck into these games because they mean something. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, when, if you ever get bored, um, go have a look at the 2018 NRL uh, ladder uh, where it finished up because um, I think between first and eighth, there was like one game difference. Talk about parity uh, and compared to where we are now. Well, th- well, this year, you know, it was it was a battle for eighth 
right, which we, which we got last weekend, when that was enjoyable to watch as a neutral, you know, heartbreaking for, for Cronulla fans with, with the Gold Coast storming home uh, and to, to clinch that eighth spot. But outside of that, every, everything was pretty much decided. Um, and 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 a, a you know Gold Coast get through with a with a losing record, and then you're talking about Melbourne at the top who've lost three games all year. The the disparity between first and eighth is is um is pronounced this year. Yeah, definitely. And they've they've also been talking about a few wild cards. They want ten to get in. Like nah, <laughs> just just a waste of time. It's just more footy for footy's sake. Yeah. And, <laughs> It's like every week they, you know, they they've got to come up with something. Oh yeah, you know, someone kicks it out, something that's been taught, you know, for for years and years to try and be tactical and and kick the ball, you know, and and have a breather. Oh, that's seven tackles, you know. We've got to change this. We've got to change that. Hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. (laughs) Like just just fuck off with all these rule changes. If anything, make the season shorter. And um and yeah, look, I'm I'm harping on a bit. We do have four games coming up, and I'm keen to watch it. What do we got tomorrow night? This is a, this is a big one. Yeah, let's move on from the bomb hold league stuff. Let's talk about the actual good footy. Uh, <laughs> game one, of course, uh, we've got Melbourne taking yeah. on Manly. Manly being the dark horses, Melbourne being the potential champions at this point. Um, some news that Cam Munster might not play, but it looks like he's going to be in. He went got through the captain's run. Um, Pappenhausen's back. He'll be one. Grant's going to be 14, and Hines will be 17. Uh, this game, of course, at the Sunshine Coast. Uh, no car out of car for Storm. Um, otherwise, they're pretty healthy. Um, flip side, Mel- uh, Manly. Des, surprisingly good record against Belliac. Their 32 matchups leads them 17 15. Uh, lots of history between these two clubs. Of course, they did play the 07 and 08 grand final. Uh, Battle of Brookvale 10 years ago, or the Brookvale Blue, where they had the fight. Um, generally, both clubs hate each other. So, uh, and the supporter base. I don't think, it, well, outside of these two clubs, I'm not sure anyone really supports these two clubs. They're both, no. they, they don't both heavily disliked. I think, I think both these clubs hate each other. And then the only thing that can, you know, outmatch that hatred is everyone else's hatred of them. Yes. So, having said all that, uh, Tommy Turbo with 25 tries in 15 matches. We worked it out he would have scored 40-plus um, if he played the whole year. I, uh, said, I think I sent you boys a text, didn't I, and I, I broke it down. Uh, so so from 15 games, second overall in tries, second overall in try assists. What was he, fourth in tackle bus, sixth in metres? This isn't per game. This is total. Yep. He has put together one of the one of the greatest seasons you've ever seen out of an out of a rugby league player, and he played 15 games. Yeah, I think I saw it from the the rugby league eye test. Uh, he contributed to 198 points scored from for Manly this season, which I think from memory, if I looked at their points differential, was nearly all of it. So yeah, um, and that, and that's a big knock on Manly is that without Tommy Turbo, they're you know they're nothing. Yeah, so, their points differential is 252 plus, um, yeah. so they're in the positive. Yeah, so he makes up a large portion of why they uh, did so well um, this season. 198 out of 250, quick mass, about 80%. Mm-hmm. So they did finish the season winning 16 games and losing eight um, from their 24, and they take on Melbourne, like you say, were 21 and three. So what do you boys think? 
Has anyone I, been game enough to pick Manly? No, I think Melbourne Melbourne have done everything right. You know that we, we were talking before Parramatta came up with this Except big upset a few <laughs> a few weeks ago that you know that they're breaking record. Well, their equal record holders in 19 games in a row. Um, it is theirs to lose. I've tipped Melbourne, uh, but I I wouldn't count out Manly here, especially with you know probably well without doubt the best uh, rugby league player in the world at the moment in Tommy Turbo. Yeah, agree. Um, so that's potentially if you look at their trajectory and their momentum at the moment, um, as in their, their form coming into the finals. Storm did win last week, but probably not as convincing as you'd think against the Sharks. They did rest a whole bunch of guys too. Um, so that, That's the caveat there, Sean. Uh, Melbourne's reserve grade beat Cronulla last week, essentially. So, so does that mean they come in a bit flat to this one, whereas Manly, who played nearly full-strength side, come into this raring to go? Maybe does that play a part? But I think Melbourne, I think they're, uh, they're showing they're the best club all year, and they'll probably keep that going. Uh, I don't see Bellyache, um, uh, Craig Bellamy, allowing them to come unprepared into a finals. Uh, it just does not seem to be Melbourne in the way they – how professional they are. They've been uh, here a lot, a lot of times. Yeah. yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if Manly lose this one and then they do the full circle and come back and potentially they're the ones that are playing, um, uh, playing the Storm in the final or they're playing – Penrith are one of the one of the two again to, in the semi-final to then make it into the final. I, well, def- I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Uh, this could be the grand final, you know, pre- prelim. Yep. I think I think Penrith Penrith uh, are very good. The other the other sides I'm not sold on. I, th- I think between these two and Penrith, I think that's the best three sides in the in the league at the moment. Yeah, I agree. So I picked Melbourne. Monks, who did you go and give us some odds, please? Yeah, I'll keep it simple. I've got Melbourne as well. They are favourites, $1.37. Lions, eight and a half. What's Manly? Yeah. Uh, sorry, Manly's, yeah, 310. 310, yeah. Yeah. Pretty juicy. Yeah, like, it's Melbourne, but, but that's yeah. pretty juicy. Yeah. True. But yeah, so, I guess you can't go past a 99% healthy Storm team. What's a plus 13? Plus thirteen for Melbourne. It's two dollars thirty-seven. I don't, I don't like that to be honest. I think I think this will be close. I think this will be close. Yeah. Uh, the next match we've got is the Roosters taking on the Titans. Uh, this is at Country Bank Stadium, uh, five forty on Saturday. Of the games, this is probably the one I'd be least interested in. Um, I think I picked the Roosters. I think. Uh, the, the coach of the year award probably comes down to Trent Robinson and uh, Craig Bellamy after, after how good they've some have been, but also how good the Roosters have been considering they're playing a reserve grade side all year. Yeah, yeah, a lot of that comes comes into um, what you got to be thinking about in this game. A, a big call from um, from Trent Robinson this week. Sammy Walker will be coming off the bench as per last week. Um, maybe not quite sold on an eighteen year old. Uh, commanding the troops in a you know in an in elimination final. Um, yeah, probably I'd say coming to it as well. He's played all year and he's like you said, eighteen. I was like, hey, maybe we see if we can get him through a couple more games and get him right coming mm-hmm. into um, like if they make the grand final, maybe he plays the full eighty at half a grand, in the grand final because he's been awesome for them. Um, yeah, but, he's so been great. yeah. He's, he's also had 
Yeah, I'm bloody David Fafita. Actually, that's probably why he's not starting. He had bloody David Fafita running at him all season. Fafita's <laughs> coming off the bench as well. So we're saving yeah. him. When, when Sam Walker comes on, <laughs> yeah. David Fafita comes on. Yeah, yeah. Watch out for that happening. Um, I have picked the Roosters. I just think they're more talented and got a better side. Yeah, I've gone, I've gone Trooks here. And, again, I've said it on the pod before, big Dragons fan here, traditional rivals. But uh, you, you've got to be pretty impressed with the way that they've gone about their business this year, considering they've literally lost the first-grade side to uh, to injury and uh, and retirement. So uh, I've, gone, I've gone the Trooks here. Radley comes back in the side after his – Suspension, Crichton's good to go. Morris uh, um, uh, yes, yes, yep. Morris, Morris Morris comes into yeah. the centres. Uh, you know, they've got Teddy. Yeah, we're everyone quick to, to praise Tommy Turbo and he deserves it, but we want to talk about the best fullback over the last five years, and that's James Tedesco. Um so yeah, I've I've gone the chooks here. I, I, look, I'm not I'm not super confident on any of these games, but I feel like for mine, this is this is the one where I'm I'm most confident. Yeah, is monkey? Yeah, I've gone Chooks as well. Um, they are favourites, dollar twenty five. Gold Coast are out at four dollars at the moment. Um, we do have a line of eleven. Um, so, so yeah, again, that, that's that's a fair few points. I probably wouldn't be touching that. Yeah. Yeah, possibly not. What about Penrith and CS double header, of course, uh, at at Townsville? Um, we we spoke about it last week at length. South without Latrell are a different side, aren't they? Yeah, I've just also double checking their ins for this one. So last week they also didn't have nearly again half their side. Um, so when I list their ins for this week, Adam Reynolds, Alex Johnson, Cameron Murray, Cody Walker, Damien Cook, Dane Guy Guy, uh, Tom Tommy Burgess, like uh. That's a that's you know most of their their big names. So they did um, they did just beat uh, the Dragons with a reserve grade side um, by four yeah, points. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that too much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they did they get all their team back. But I, I still, if you're going to beat Penrith, who have started to fire at the right time, um, they put you know they beat the Dave Grohls last week, forty to six. Uh, yep. So they're 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 peaking at the right time. They've hit that reign of form. They've got their halves back. I don't think South will score points. This will probably be a high-scoring game. Uh, but without Latrell, I don't see them winning. I've gone Penrith. Agree 100%. We we saw that big lull after Origin or during Origin when they, they were missing guys, and then we saw the injuries to Cleary and Luai. When these guys are fully fit, which they are this weekend, this is half the New South Wales Blues team, you know? Like, like seriously, that like is, between yeah. and Luai and Cleary, and um, and you you throw in the likes of of Kurt Capewell who played for for the Maroons. You got Viliama Kikau, who's a, a you know one of the best back rowers in in the league. You saw how good Isaiah Yo is as a ball playing lock. Um, I th- I think these guys are the real deal, and I think they take care of business here. Uh, Penrith for mine. Yeah, I'm interested in total match points in this one, Monks, as well. Yep. It might surprise you. Um, I've gone Panthers as well. They are favourites, $1.25. Sure. Rabbitohs are out at $4 at the moment with a line of 11 and a half. Do you want to have a guess at total match points? 55. No. 44. 
Yeah, 44. Oh. That's not in front of me. That's. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, we say it with Mako if we should be impressed or uh, uh, concerned. <laughs> concerned about that, that ability to. That's it. Yeah. I might do. You like the overs? Yeah, I, I like the overs. Yeah, yeah Scouts can score. Penrith are good defensively, though. So. Yeah, probably, but, I guess, heading into final footy. Probably reckon a little bit of a lower score, maybe, but. Maybe. It does. The odds do reflect, though, how dominant Melbourne and um, Penrith are. The Penrith are $1.27 and what were um, Sam Melbourne were $1.36 or 37 as well. Like, so coming into the first, like, in, into finals. Well, well, each final is a definitive favourite. You know, Melbourne are definitive yeah. favourites. The Chooks and the Panthers are definitive favourites. And the next game, Parra are big favourites, I believe, as well, aren't they, Max? Yeah. Yeah. But the final point of that is, of course, is we are talking about one playing four and two playing three, and they're still such heavy favourites. Like, yeah. Stupid. <laughs> yeah. Know. Yeah. Look, let's finish it. Let's finish up with the, the Dave Grolls, who shouldn't be pretenders, hopefully, in this one. Parramatta Eels take on Newcastle Knights. Uh, you know, they're, well, Rockhampton getting an NRL finals game uh, is a bit strange. <laughs> hey, it's happening. Viva Rock Vegas. Viva so, Rock Vegas. I think by the end of this, they would have played NRL games all over Queensland. Um, so, so, hey, they're, they're getting all the footy at the moment. Yeah. Uh, but who do we... I, I think Newcastle... Sorry, I'm going to jump straight into it and say Parramatta, I think, win this. I've picked Parramatta. I think Newcastle came come into this a bit underdone um, from memory... They lost. To... They lost last week to Brisbane. Um, so I think they've got talent. They've got talent in their squad. I just don't think it's kind of clicked right for them at the right times. Um, so I don't see them beating Parramatta. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you, Sean. I'll, I'll go the Dave Grohl's, the the uh, Parramatta pretenders uh, for the grand final. They're the pretenders, but I think they win this game. Look. <laughs> You got a side with Caelan Ponga and, and Mitch Pearce. You can't rule them out. But uh, yeah, after seeing what Parramatta, you know, did to Melbourne a couple of weeks ago, I've I've gone the Eels here. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I've Hunts. gone the Eels as well. Um, yeah, they've got a lot of players coming back from being rested from last week. Um, so can only, I suppose, work in their favour if we go the same theory as with um some of the other teams. Uh, they are favourites. Dollar thirty nine. Knights are out at three dollars at the moment, and we have a line of seven. Cool. I, I I don't think it's been talked about enough in regards to Parramatta, but the the Nathan Peets injury, losing their their hooker who uh, potentially could have played for Queensland. Um, I, Reed, I think when Reed I'm, Marnie. Oh, sorry, Reed Marnie. Why am I thinking Nathan Peets? The old hooker. <laughs> the old hooker. Oh my god. Yeah, Reed Marnie. Um, that's some that's some Donald Trump shit, man. <laughs> You forgot no, which you forgot which hookers in there. No, that's some joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that, no, that's that's Joe Biden shit. For, forgetting how many people live in his country. <laughs> Very much. Uh, uh, but Reed Marnie, yes. So yeah. his loss and the fact that he's had shoulder surgery, his season's done. Um, yeah. I think when it, they come up against the big the big squads like the the Melbourne and Penrith um, going forward. Uh, that loss and that kind of direction and leading them around kind of that middle of the field um, is a is a big out for them. Yeah, they've got young Ray Stone 
playing nine uh, for the Eels. Um, yeah, as as we we spoke about before, Marnie close to getting an Origin jumper uh, this year. So so that that is a big hole. Uh, look, I think I think Parra win this, but you you can't see him bothering you know your your Melbournes or your Penriths. I would I wouldn't have thought. Yep. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So that'll do us for NRL, and mm. I think that means we now need to go international and talk about some international football, and we'll talk about yeah. American football. But we're going to kick off first with college football. I did start um, this week. Uh, it was first back. Um, some of seeing the crowds, uh, college football crowds are another beast altogether, yes. and they were electric. Um, don't care about COVID in the United States at all. Uh, what did you boys think of some of the, the vision coming out of the States in regards to the college football? Mate, I went from from six to midnight. I um <laughs> seriously about two inches. No difference. crowds last year, um, and and just saying it. I'm going to say it. I think it's the best atmosphere in in world sport. You see, you do see some of the you know the soccer games in Europe where you see all the you know the whole bay all dressed in the same kit. They're all singing the same song. But look, I'm going to go out on a, on a limb and say it. I think a a big college ball game, um, you know, your Virginia Techs, uh, Wisconsin, um, that we saw on the weekend. I, I think it's it's up there with the best atmosphere in any arena in the world. Yeah, yeah, like some of the vision. Um, I can't remember which college it was, but the jump around. Um, yeah, yeah, and that was Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah, everyone just going bananas jumping around at the start of the start of the match. Like you just see the you worry about the stadium, whether it's going to start going up and down. And then yeah, you worry about the, the structural integrity of it, how much steel's in the concrete. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully no Croats out there laying concrete for those boys. <laughs> so it, may, There may have been a few. <laughs> um, so like, it's excellent to see. And I guess some of the notable kind of games come out, um, Bama, Alabama went out there and uh, smashed Miami. Um, you could, Potentially give the national championship to Bama already. Oh, pick <laughs> one, settle down. Oh, well, looking at how good they are. They uh, look, great. they look, yeah, they look really good. Yeah, and compared to say how their their natural rivals have gone with, um, like take Clemson for example, or Ohio State as well. Um, Ohio State I think did bit, did better than Clemson did, but Clemson struggled against Georgia in a defensive battle. Um, Mate, I think they didn't they didn't score an offensive touchdown. I don't think that's happened in over fifty years. I think their quarterback got sacked eight times. Yeah, big DJ Ungalalele. Yeah. Uh, and he's a big unit. He's he's big 6'4", 250 bloke, and their offensive line was just giving him no protection at all. I don't think they had positive rushing yardage. So, obviously, sacks count to against against a quarterback in college football, but uh, as a team, I don't think they – or it was like one yard that, that, that they were able to rush for. So look, it's one game. Maybe that Georgia defense is that good, but uh, yeah, I don't think Clemson are quite the third ranking that uh, that they got given before the season started. No, I agree to that. I think they've lost um, quarterback Jesus, so they're going to have to retool a little bit. Um, and, and they did also lose, uh, you know, a whole bunch of their receivers, their running back, offensive linemen, like hey, yeah, yeah, the yeah. teams are pick, pick clean yeah. by the NFL, so they need Hustle to replace that. Yeah. Um, they're not. But you could argue that with with Alabama. Like I think I think they had what ten guys get get drafted. Six went in the first round, 
and they're they're just next man up down there in Bama. Yeah, three NFL teams over there, so they've got more than enough talent. They're, they're an absolute factory at this point. Absolute factory. Absolute I think Clemson's one of those ones that they, like even from Deshaun Watson to Trevor Lawrence, they just needed that year in between to then get to the, you know, get the, the next guy, the freshman guys come through and then to get to them to the next uh, le- like uh, level where they can then compete again with the Bama. They don't just have, you know, class after class of NFL talent just coming through the door yeah, constantly. Not, not quite Bama level. But speaking of not quite Bama level, uh, there's a lot of chat around Oklahoma this year and Spencer Rattler. He was odds-on favourite to be the Heisman winner. Uh, they they got um, the win against Tulane, unranked Tulane, uh, by five points, and Spencer threw two picks. So perhaps as soon as, again, only one game, uh, but perhaps not quite where people had them predicted before the season started. Yeah, and... You know, throwing two picks doesn't help your chances get, getting votes for, for Heisman, um, even if they win. Uh, well, again, we'll have to see how, how the rest of the season goes. It's early days, baby. The, the take-home message, take message is how good is crowds back at college football. Yeah. Um, I guess we should probably talk about the, the one silly thing kind of coming out of college football is the whole targeting uh, rule and ejections that are coming from targeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for those that don't know, it's primarily on – well, it's only on defensive players for where they initiate contact. Um, basically, anything where you uh, hit uh, an offensive player, especially uh, above the shoulder, so within the helmet, uh, with your helmet, so anywhere in the like the crown or face of your helmet, uh, is considered targeting and a straight injection. Um, so I think it was possibly the Florida game. Uh, they had uh, four injections from the defensive side. And there's been, I think, at least an ejection almost in every college game from a defensive player. Um, there's been a huge amount. It's kind of, it was, it's almost like the the witch hunt um, the NRL did at Magic Round. They've kind of done the same thing in yeah, week one. Um, I've seen a heap of people say, "Hey, targeting, like, don't just eject these guys because you you because the number of ejections is one ridiculous. Maybe yeah. it's to be more of a penalty. And some of the stuff's like real soft." Like if, if you yeah. come through and you're actually trying to kill a man, um, oh, definitely eject it. But some of the stuff, like it's kind of testable tackling where the head's probably just gone up a little bit high. You've connected the other person's helmet, but your day's done at that point. Hit the showers. So There's such a fine line, isn't there, between delivering a good, clean shoulder-to-shoulder to contact rather than the head-to-head uh, yeah, I like the analogy with the with the magic round crackdown in the NRL uh, because look, at the end of the day, it's a contact sport. It's dangerous. People are aware of the risks that they're, that they're undertaking, and you can't just wield the axe and just go completely the other way and just start changing the whole dynamics of of how to tackle. Um, hopefully, they find a happy medium in in the the coming weeks. Yeah, well, what they don't want is, well, they did four players from one defense. They don't want, you know, all 11. You're missing four's already half your starters. You don't want the well, rest. Yeah, four's too, yeah, for mine, it's it's a bit much. It's a hopefully, bit of, it's a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah, hopefully it's not a prelude to what the NFL does. So I don't think we want to be seeing any of this. Um, but Yeah, yeah, the South Park episode, you know, where, where they're all wrapped up in, in, in bubble wrap and they've got to go hug each other. That's a tackle. It's... Look, we're not quite there, but you can see it in, on, on the horizon. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But anyway, let's talk about uh, NFL is back. 
uh, this week. Um, the one kind of news item before we get into the previews is supposedly the Washington Football Club has gotten down to uh, rumours they've selected three names, um, but the list that Adam Scheffner reported um, had eight and he got confirmed with um, Snyder, um, which I think was either the sister or wife um, of uh, Snyder, the, the, the owner, the president of uh, Watson football team. But yes, of that eight list you've announced, uh, three of the three names we've got it down to is on that list. Um, so that list includes Armadar, how do you say it? Amada. Amada. Okay, Presidents, Brigade, Red Hawks, Commanders, Red Wolves, Defenders, and, of course, the Washington football team. Um, of that, boys, which ones do you like the most? Uh, the same shape as a donut. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> if, I had to, if I had to pick one, I'd probably pick the Red Hawks because um, it kind of it at least or, um, you know connects their previous history as a football club um, and then also the history of what they're trying to uh, what that was based on uh, but in a more um, respectful way I think that's probably one way I prefer that one over Red Wolves um, it's interesting they say their list is down to three we know that the Washington football team will be on that list I almost guarantee that will be one so the question is what the other two are I think one of them will be something with red in it because of that reason I just said before Potentially the Red Hawks, I think, makes more sense. But then again, there is the Seahawks already, and you've got, um, you know, Falcons. There's plenty of bird teams already floating around. Brisbane no, Hawks coming into the NRL perhaps next year. You know, you don't want to encroach on that ground. No, no. Well, there's no Wolves. No wool, Red Wolves. Uh, no Wolves at all in the NRL. Um, do we have any dogs in the, uh, in the NFL? Sorry. No, not at an NFL level. There's about the eight divisions. There's about eight Division One teams that are the Bulldogs, mm. um, but at, at the NFL level, no. You can't count the Browns. Oh, Browns! Oh, are, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, actually, no, you're right. They're they're dog pound. Yeah. So I, hate to dis- I hate to disappoint. It's not going to be the Red Hawks. It's the Red Hogs. Oh. Hogs, <laughs> as in pigs. <laughs> oh, hog! I like that better. <laughs> Go hog! Go hogs! Yeah, yeah, that's got a bit of a ring to it. I reckon. <laughs> I'd probably stay away from commanders or presidents. Um, I, I, and I don't want to play the race card or anything like that, but you go from the name you had and then you change the team to reflect um, something that's dominantly been white um, for a long time. It's like, <laughs> I, I, I kind of don't like that his, that story of history connection. Um so, yeah, for me, it's got to be Red Hawks, Red Wolves, maybe Defenders. Or they'll, or they'll do something stupid and they'll stick with the WFT. I don't like anything. I, I reckon we need something that <laughs> encompasses what it means to be a citizen of Washington, D.C., whether that's the uh, Washington Lewinskys or um, the Washington Watergates. Um <laughs> You know, something that really gets the city around. Yeah, we remember that, you know. Um, the Washington, I didn't have sexual relations with that woman. Uh, you know, it's a bit of a mouthful, sure, but but something that really gets the people together. Very funny. Well, we'll see. We'll see what they do and what they end up picking. It'll probably end up being something entirely shit, um, knowing how the Washington football team is run, but... Hey, that's enough of that. Let's talk about actual football. Oh, um, let's go. 
Thursday night football kicks off tomorrow, which is Friday for us. Uh, first game has Monkeys uh, Buccaneers taking on the Cowboys with Dak's first game. Uh, Tampa Bay, of course, being the Super Bowl champs going up against America's team. Um, Bucks have got all 22 starters coming back. Uh, Monks, are you confident they can go back to back? Look, it's only start of the season. Um, that, that didn't sound like a man that's confident. No. He's downplaying it. He's being humble over here. That's where he's I, I am, I am. We did kind of touch on it last week. Um, teams very rarely do go back-to-back. The yeah. last team to do it was Tom Brady's team. Definitely make the playoffs. Definitely go deep into playoffs. Um, I mean, I'll throw it to you, Peps, whether they can get past a Packers team um, to make it into the um, to Super Bowl. It's a long yeah, season. The, the Packers suck at the NFC Championship game. If, if anything, <laughs> is that they'll put in a really good season and then just capitulate when it comes to the the championship game. Um, look in the NFC, I do. I think maybe maybe we are a little bit biased, but I do think our Packers and Buccaneers are probably the two teams to beat. There's a, there's a lot of chat around um, about the NFC West, right, guys? But And before we get stuck into the, you know, the games, mm-hmm. could we see the Rams under under Matt Stafford or the 49ers with this, with this awesome defense that they've comprised and possibly Trey Lance coming through, or the Seahawks or the, or the Cardinals with, with JJ Watt coming into town? Do we see one of them going far in the NFC West? Uh, in the NFC, I should say. Yeah, potentially. And I think I was saying this two months off air. Like, uh, you don't know until probably a month into football, like, who are the good teams? So much changes. Like, last year, if you thought about the 49ers coming off the year before, you thought they were going to be excellent. After a month, you were like, fuck, they might not win another game with the amount of injuries they've had. Um, so, yeah, yeah it, yep. it, it, take, it takes a lot to um, uh, kind of, well, it doesn't take a lot. It, ta- it takes a little bit of time to work out who actually a good team, who's bought well, who's drafted well, who has the new you know pieces put together, the mm. chemistry, the jelly in the right time, blah, 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 et cetera. You figure that out in a couple of weeks' time. So it's hard to say now. I will say, well, as Rams is a classic example, um, basing on the tips, uh, Monks will get us the odds later on. But the, in their sh- game against Chicago, Chicago are actually – heavily favoured by the tippers um, to win that game. They've been tipped more than the Rams have. And I would have thought the Rams are probably going to win that game. Yeah, yeah, that's very yeah. interesting. It is. Well, what do we think of this one? So we got Bucks taking on the Cowboys. Yeah, I think I think Bucks. Um, there's a reason why they're, they're the champions of the world. Uh, I think their defence is a lot better than Dallas's defence. Uh, I think that the offensive um, side of things would be very interesting with that coming back. Um, you know, through five weeks last year, led the league in in passing yards. Uh, if he's if he's feeling fit and well, I'd imagine they score some points. I just think on the defensive side, uh, the the Bucks might be too good. I've gone Tampa here uh, at home. Uh, I think they get their season off to a one and zero start. Monks, I imagine you uh, tend to agree with that. Yep. Yeah, and no, I do. Um... So yeah, I've gone Bucks. They are favourites. A dollar twenty-two. Cowboys are out at four dollars thirty-five at the moment. Um, we've got a call it a handicap here um, of eight and a half. What's um, total match points? Total match points fifty-one and a half. 
That's a few. That's a few. But if if there's any game that, that could do it, it, it it might might be this. I think mm-hmm. the Bucks defense is is too good to be confident on taking the overs there. But um, you know, I don't I, all day. I think um, you like that. Yeah, Cowboys, like you say, the defense is better. They go, they bought well, but it's not Tampa Bay level. But they they will chase the whole time. I think the Bucks will score points. Cowboys can score points. They will have to chase the entire time, and they will try to put up a big score. I I think this could be a big score game. You like like a shootout? Bucks thirty-eight, Cowboys thirty-one. Yeah, I think it's a big time shootout with the the Cowboys chasing the entire time. Bucks, I like it. I'm hoping for a shootout because I've got Prescott as my starter for fantasy <laughs> football this week. Yeah. By the way, Munster's uh, fantasy team looks unreal. I was looking at it today. I was like, how the fuck do you pull this off? <laughs> well, we're, we are in a, let, right. let the listeners know, we are in a keeper league where he's matched to get, get Alvin Kamara for, what, a seventh-round pick. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, how Munster's team got assembled, how Joe Biden became president, it's pretty much the same conversation. <laughs> <laughs> there, there were some strings being pulled. There was some you strings being pulled, yes, from powers that are unbeknownst to us. Yeah, yeah this team's been two years in the making. <laughs> it's been 45. <laughs> Back to the Joe Biden reference. Um, yeah, I think you've done very well. I think you drafted very well, but yeah, I am quite uh, afraid of your team, if you will, Monks. Um, have you boys caught much of the hard knocks? Did you, did you, did you see Dallas uh, on on KO or Game Pass on I, hard knocks? I can't say I could do a cut day. I think I'd be way too, like, like you say, too invested in it and uh, the, the absolute feeling in cut day, especially the guys that make the team and then next minute like, oh, we've got this guy on wa- <laughs> waivers, uh, see you later. He was like, what the fuck? Like, it's such a rough day for the NFL. Yeah, Mate, I, watching it, watching it, I, I was like, oh, I'm invested here. Like, you know, the, you've got this hard knock story. Uh, they had that fella, Alacon, coming up from Mexico, you know, and these families there, his mum's watching it. You've got this, you know, undrafted running back. Oh, has he got a chance? And they, they you know, they, they show you into their life and the effort that they're putting in. They're in there. They're doing reps on the uh, in the training camp. They're they're doing reps in the gym. You, you're really rooting for them. And then cut day comes along, and they just say, "Thanks, but no thanks. We'll see you next year." It's like Oprah, you know. You get cut. You get cut. You get cut. You get cut, you get cut. mate. Hard to watch. Yeah. Well, especially because. Yeah. Uh, so what was it? Is it Tuesday last week? I think it was cut day. Um. So. Yeah, because there was a the week break. Yeah, so, but they got they get from eighty five or something down to fifty three. So um, each team's cutting thirty blokes. Um, so when you think about it, that's you know, well within training camp, that's thirty forty percent of people that were um, in training camp through preseason getting yeah, uh, quick match. In the NFL. So it's it's a it's a lot of you know. So why those jobs are so so sought after, and why it's such a competitive sport, and why so much talent. You know, there's I think three thousand ish guys coming out every year at a college. Ten um, percent mm-hmm. of those make it, you know, get drafted. Uh, maybe another five percent make undrafted and get onto squads, but then they they get cut and maybe they get pulled back on a practice squad. Like it's such cutthroat. That's why they have the elite, the elite athletes. Not for long. That's that's what it stands for. 
Mm. It'd be but interesting that... to see what kind of team you could make out of players who've been cut. Yeah. In regular season. Yeah. Uh, so, you take the guys. That... My that 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 they would be better than the Detroit Lions will be this year. Potentially, like if you pick up someone like Todd Gurley, who's on the on the free agent market at the moment, like there's, yeah. there's talent out there. Um, that um, KJ Wright from the Seahawks, he was in an NFL top hundred list last year. He doesn't have a team. Yeah, crazy. Yep. There's a there's a six foot six Australian receiver that's just been down here in the wilderness. <laughs> he runs about a he, flat one. Uh, yeah, he just well, mate. Seriously, if if you if you put it in anywhere in the vicinity, he'd come up with a ball. He's thirty-one <laughs> years old, and these these teams just keep sleeping on him. <laughs> it's interesting you mentioned that because I just want to throw out Tom Brady is officially the oldest player to start a game that isn't a kicker um, at forty-four. Uh, uh, who was Vinatieri older? Yeah, Vinatieri is older. Yeah, but I think Josh McCown probably was the oldest player that wasn't a kicker beforehand because I'm pretty sure he played at 43. Um, okay. Uh, but yeah, Brady's now officially the um, the only well the player that isn't a kicker that is the oldest. Uh, I'm about this. Yeah. Only 20, uh, 42. Yeah, it was that, one. Of them. Could have been Vic T was another one. There's a few that have gone around that were there playing in their 40s. One of them played at 243. Anyway, yeah. um, my point being is you got to remember Tom Brady's a starting quarterback. I reckon he could spend the next 10 years as a backup if he wanted to be. Like, <laughs> like you think of some of the backups getting around. He's like, I'd have really take Tom Brady as my backup if I can't be a starter. So Tom Brady could play until he's 50. You said above the, shoulders, above the shoulders, he looks like a movie star. Yeah, it's like him and Tom Cruise and um, you know people that just don't age. Um, very unusual. Yeah, perhaps did you see that um, the, the his crypto ad he did with Giselle today? Made me cringe a little bit. That's <laughs> <laughs> the way they kicked it off, and Giselle's just like, "Hey, I need to talk about something." And Tom's just like, "I've told you, it's going to be ten, maybe fifteen more years." And I was thinking, it probably could be. He could easily. He started for the next three or four, and then uh, maybe I'll be a backup <laughs> deep in my fifties. Like, I'll agree. I'll agree with you on that. I, I I can't question Brady's physical abilities. However, and to quote the great Johnny Knoxville uh, in in the movie The Ringer, I'm feeling better acting in pornos. That jeez, no Oscar's getting handed out anytime soon. Let's be honest. <laughs> Uh, not at all. Not at all. Um, their modelling careers, on the other hand, that's probably where they need to stay. For sure. Let's get back to footy. Um, the next game was Bills Steelers. Another a great, excellent game to kick us off. Um, two great defences, of course. You're talking about Josh Allen, and they always, um, well, hopefully he, he starts off hot, Big Ben, that is, and fades. <laughs> hopefully he has a better year. Um, their offensive line's a bit ordinary. They do have Harris back there. Be interesting to see how this one goes, uh, but I think Bills are they're on on track to compete um, deep in the AFC with the likes of uh, the Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs. For me, yeah, I like, I like the Bills here. They're at home. Um, the Steelers, you know, hard hard to gauge last year with Big Ben missing a lot of uh, a lot of last year. Uh, both. 
great defenses. I think the Bills' offense is is better than the Steelers' offense. That's how I split them here. Yeah. Yep. Agree. Mm. Thanks. Um, I don't know why I've gone Steelers. Yeah, it'd be paying uh, what? What do you get? Three bucks for that? Yeah, yeah. The underdogs three dollars twenty two at the moment. Uh, yep. The Bills are a dollar thirty five. Um. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think look, Buffalo, there's a reason why they're a dollar thirty. Um, mm. you know, going to the AFC championship game last year, the, the people of upstate New York really getting around them. Mm. The Steelers could pull up pull off uh some kind of upset here, but I think there's a reason why the Bills are short. Mm. Moving this in, is... Oh, you go. No, sorry, I was going to make a final note. It's probably just in the tipping comp. This is one of those ones where, yeah, the as we we're talking before, the tipping just doesn't match the odds. I think a lot of people sort of, I guess, tip with their heads. I mean, with their hearts when it comes to NFL. True. Mm. A lot of Steelers fans out there. Yeah. yeah, big big fan base, big fan base. But I think I think on paper the Bills are better. Mm. Next game, Peppy. Colton Seahawks. Uh, the big question around this is, is Carson Wentz, will he be good to go? We probably won't know until game day. Well, Have you heard anything else other than that? The report today, he was a full participant in uh, practice, um, in day practices, and it says he will play week one. Oh, okay. Well, so I don't think Nelson's going to be in that. Um, Wentz has had a pretty good recovery. He's been in training for the last two weeks, so uh, it, excellent recovery from ankle surgery. Uh We'll have to see what he can do um, in that Colts backfield for them. And they're not coached by, by Bill Belichick, the stripper that says he loves you and uh, and and then cuts you the next day. Um, so we'll have to take what they say uh, for, for, you know, being gospel. True. Uh, Derek Henry, boys, I read this during the week. Uh, they think he's the only player ever to rush for 2,000 yards in high school, college and in the NFL. Do you think he takes out the rushing uh, title again this year? They're going to pound the rock, you'd imagine. Yeah, the Titans definitely um, taking on the cards here in this one. Um, will will have will oh, will they pound the pound the rock? Probably. They they bought in Julio Jones and they've got AJ Brown, of course, on the outside. Perfect to uh, be able to set up and pound the rock. Um, it's funny because Seahawks. Previous team, same thing. They've got the receiving talent there, but they're not going to let Russ cook. Um, <laughs> they, they, they always want to build, build to pound the rock. Uh, can Can Henry get to 2K? Uh, probably. I think if he's if he's it's also got to remember an extra game this year. If he's at you know 16 or 1800 towards the end of the season, um, the Titans will just get him to that. They'll 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 give him 40 carries in the last game to make sure he gets to that number. Yeah. Did I skip ahead then? Did I go to the Titans game? <laughs> yes, you did. It's all right. <laughs> Old Seahawks, apologies. Yeah. Uh, but before we get to the, the King Henry, what are we thinking here? We we spoke about uh, Carson Wentz. The Seahawks, the Seahawks, uh, on the other hand, uh, going up going up against them. Uh, they only had three, three draft picks, a lot of that uh, because of the Jamal Adams trade. Uh, so you mm. can't imagine that they'd be much better than last year. I think this one's hard to pick. There's a lot of um, a lot of question marks around the the Colts receivers. T.Y. Hilton, he's got the the neck injury. He won't be present. 
Uh, he's obviously the veteran presence. We've got Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, and some others going up there. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is is a stud at running back. Who's going to take over the wide receiver one position there at Indianapolis? Yeah, they got huge wraps on Pittman, but I think it probably depends a bit more on what Wentz is going to be able to do for them. I just don't think their offense is going to be ready. Um, Wentz has missed time. They probably need a bit more for chemistry. And coming up against the Seahawks and Danger Us to start the last year, um, I don't think he threw a pick for the first month. Like, he he was excellent. So, um, Tail of two seasons, however, the, the back end of the year, not, not quite the same, was on track to be the NFL MVP through the first eight games last year. Uh, but, but Sean, I will agree with you. I, I think the Seahawks get the job done here. Yeah. Yeah, I've gone Seahawks as well. Um, they are favourites, $1.62. Um, Colts are at $2.31 at the moment. So now we get to that game you just mentioned, Peppy. Yeah. Fred McTooley jumped to. I swear it never happens. <laughs> I swear this never happens. Yeah. No comment. Um, the, the, card, the, cards on the, yeah, the cards on the other side hand, um, they've bought well in the offseason. Um, Xavier Collins is there. Um, their first rounder. Uh, they've also got JJ Watt. I think Jones, Chandler Jones, is still a bit unhappy there, but he he hasn't been traded. Um, so that's yeah. right, he's there. He seems to be there. So we'll see how his season plays out. Hard to pick on this one, but I think the Cards they've built this team to win the Super Bowl this year. So I think it's a Super Bowl bust for them. Uh, so I'm I'm thinking they're going deep. Of course, I've picked up um, Kyler Murray and. Um, uh, DeAndre Hopkins as my fantasy. Hopefully Hopkins plays the whole year and he um, uh, doesn't have to sit out the season or potentially threaten to sit out the season. Um, and why is that, Sean? Uh, the vaccination policy, let's put it that way. Uh, uh, he's a moron. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of wide receivers. I, I love Nick. I love Nick, but yeah. anyways. Fantasy owners should be aware that uh, that that may be um, an issue coming, going uh, through the season. So you got the cards here. You reckon they get the job done? Yeah, I got the cards. I think they're going to be an excellent team this year. They're one of the ones I think that are going to take a step from last year, and they're going to be. Uh, I think they made playoffs last year, or they just missed out. What happened? Just missed out. I just thought. Missed out. Yeah, I think they missed out on the wild card. Just um, anyway, uh, I think they've done what they needed to then take that next step. My biggest concern is probably their run game, um, but we'll have to see uh, how they go with um, Edmonds and Connor there. Yeah, James Connor coming across from Pittsburgh, uh, pretty interesting buy. Two seasons ago, a pro bowler, uh, obviously, uh, de- you know, dealt with lymphedema um, and and recovered from that. Uh, so so it'll be interesting to see how he goes over there in Phoenix. Uh, Eight and eight last year. Lost out. Rams were ten and six, and they got clinched. That's right. That I think they had a pre-call end of the year um, from memory. Yeah, I, they they lost two in division games against San Fran and Chargers. Yeah. Oh, wait, sorry, Rams. Yeah. 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 So in this one, I don't share your enthusiasm, Sean. I've gone the Titans. I think I think that NFC West will be a dogfight. I think the Cards will be right there but i think in tennessee um you know with the the defending rushing champ i think Tannehill's just got to hand it off to him and then you know they've, they've picked up julio and they've got aj brown people sleep on aj brown 
I think he's coming along to be a, a premier receiver in the NFL. Uh, I think the Titans get it done. Mm-hmm. Then we move on to uh, the Washington taking on the Chargers. Oh, you going to yeah, cut that? He said that he didn't pick the cards. And oh, I don't know about that. He, picked, well, he didn't give odds, though. There was definitely no odds, and I'm sure there was no <laughs> You won't give odds? <laughs> I'm, right, just, I'll give I'm just looking at it, and there's like another 20 games to talk about. So There is, there is a lot what to get to, so I'll go quickly. Um, I can't remember if I said my tip or not. Um, irrespective, I, I've switched. I've gone Titans as well. Um, mm-hmm. I was thinking yeah. cards originally, but yeah, Pep's um, I've been persuaded otherwise. <laughs> no, um, Titans are paid with $1. 64 Cards are $2. 27 at the moment. Um, moving on to the next one. Yeah, so we have the Washington football team taking on the Chargers. Uh, Chargers, of course, have got Rookie of the Year. Justin Herbert is there. Quarterback taking on that nasty defense of Washington. Um, Washington's got Fitch Magic uh, and, you know, Chase Young as their big names. What do you think in this one? Um, I, th- I really like the Washington team because I'm a, a big, scary Terry fan. Um, but I don't I think their, their defense is legitimate. I, I think the football team in a, in a bit of a weaker division this year could, could definitely push the Dallas Cowboys to be the best team in that division. Uh, they're at home here. I'll, I'll go the football team with you, Sean, uh, or that Same. that you know barrage of names that they could become. The Red Hawks. Yeah, the Red Hawks. Um, the Washington Monica Lewinsky's, something of that nature. The Red, the red Dogs. Or oh, Red Rockets. The Red Rockets. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> your tip. I'm just going to the, and I'll be back for the. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Here's a tip. What was that? Um, yeah, I've tipped the football team as well. Um, they are favourites, but only just. Um, they are at a dollar eighty nine at the moment. Chargers are out at a dollar ninety one. Um, I reckon there's going to be one point in it. Um, Should be a good game. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Next game. Potentially a bit interesting, um, probably because of just the unsureness, made up a word there, of um, how good each team is. We've got the Vikings yeah. taking on the Bengals is what we listed here. Um, so, of course, we've got the return of Joe Burrow uh, and if, pairing him, of course, with Jamar Chase. And then you, you look at the Vikes' offense. Um, they've, you know, Kirk Cousins is there. Um, Justin Jefferson, they've got a good offense. They haven't cooked. They've got the pieces there. They just haven't played um, in preseason at all. So you just maybe a little bit unsure of how they'll go. If you go previous record, they've played pretty well. Patrick Peterson does yep. make his debut for the Vikings, and they paid their right tackle, O'Neill. Um, well, he got paid today. He got a big deal um, for mm. him. Uh, I still think the Bengals don't have a good enough defense in their well, – Lost the peppy. Go on, go on. Go on, go on. Anyway, he'll go back yeah. in a minute. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think like it's just a bit more talented. Both, I think, have very average defenses. Max. Mm. Um. Yeah, like you said, a bit of a game of unknowns. Um. I do like the pickup of Patrick Peterson for the Vikings. Um. But. Yeah, not sure. Um, who did I pick? I did pick the Vikings. Um, I should really I, check. I could be talking about my ass. 
Epic Vikings. Vikings? Yeah. Yep. Heavy farrier based on the tipping. Yeah. Well, Pets uh, is back. Um, Keep the peppy back. What I miss, boys. I'm sorry. Uh, we're, we're just saying Vikings going to beat Bengals. That's probably about it. Yeah. Yep. I tend to agree. Yep. What's your tip? Oh, that's probably your tip, isn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, so yeah, Vikings are favourites a dollar fifty nine. Uh, the Bengals are out at two dollars thirty seven at the moment. Hey, is that game in Minnesota? Uh, I believe it is. Yes. And they're a dollar fifty nine. Yep. Tip of the week. Tip. That's tip of the week. Tip of the week. Yeah. Bet. bet of the week. Yeah. There you go. Bet on it. Let's start building that multi. <laughs> yeah. I'm at that. Uh, next match, we got the Lions taking on the 49ers. It's, of course, the first game for Jared Goff uh, playing for the Lions. Uh, Jimmy G has been confirmed starter at this point. Um, I don't think Kyle Shanahan's actually confirmed, confirmed, but it's uh, it, it, Jimmy G said he was. So, hey, we'll take that. Um, uh, what are we thinking here? Um, I, think, I think the Niners win this comfortably. Um, I'm in a last man standing competition uh, where you can uh, you have to pick a team that wins each week, but once you pick that team, you can't pick them again. And I've got the Niners here. I think, um, look, from from all accounts, that Detroit's going to be really, really bad this year. Their defense is horrendous. Yep. Um, they they've they've lost their uh, big offensive weapon. In Kenny Golladay and and Matt Stafford, one of the most underrated quarterbacks I think of the last ten years, uh, goes out of town and um and yeah. they bring in Jared Goff, aka Ryan Gosling. Um, <laughs> I, look, no, hey, look, Goff Goff went to a Super Bowl. Look, yeah. Like we can't shit on him too much. He went to a yeah, Super Bowl. Goff's underrated too. Yeah, but yeah. I think I think Matt Stafford's underrated. I think yeah. I think Matt Stafford's underrated. So but arm talent, you're you're picking Matt over Jared every day. So Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think both have just been very unfortunate. Well, more so Stafford, just been unfortunate to not have that many weapons. Yeah. As Detroit stuff uh, in recent well. years, yeah. They've gone through head coach after head coach, so yeah. they're not about to say Cleveland were for all the Raiders were for um the the nineties and the early two thousands decades, but yeah. <laughs> Well, the actually no, the the Raiders did win it. The Raiders made a Super Bowl in that. Yeah, yeah, they made a Super Bowl in that time. But it, since then, the, the since the re- retirement of Rich Gannon, they've um, been very, very bad. Sure. So it's all honors here, I'd imagine. Um, the odds might be more interesting than the tips. Yeah. So Niners are favourites, a dollar twenty-five. The Lions are um, out at four dollars at the moment. Um, we have a, I'm going to call it line of seven and a half. Total match points, 44 and a half. Okay. I like the line of the handicap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Panthers, Jets next. Sam Donald starting off. Return of CMC. Uh, got the uh, debaton of Zach Wilson and Corey Davis' first game for the Jets. Uh, not a huge game. I think I will follow. Jets stink. Panthers about the same. Um, 
think I picked Panthers. Purely because yeah, of I've gone the Panthers here. Not a lot of uh, faith in either of these te- teams to go deep this year. Uh, I think the individual mm. stories might be more interesting than the team stories. You know, you CMC coming back, the debut of Zach Wilson, etc. The, the track, well, the trade of Sam Darnold, you know, to, to the ta- his old team going up against his old team. Uh, but I think the Panthers get this get this done on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, I've gone Panthers as well. Um, they are favourites, dollar forty seven. The Jets are out at two dollars seventy one. Uh, we've got a handicap of four. The Eagles and the Falcons. I don't know what to make of these two teams. I, to be honest, I think they're both the worst teams in their division. Um, and and that's not saying I'm not praising the New York Giants in the NFC East. I just, I'm not sure what to make of the Eagles this year. Uh, the thing that I'm most excited about is seeing Kyle Pitts um, debut for the Falcons. Uh, physically, the best tight end ever to go through the NFL draft. Uh, an absolute specimen. Uh, so I'm, I'm keen to see that. Outside of that, not a heap of interest in this game. Jalen Hurts, how is he going to go uh, being an answer starter before the season starts? Um, I, th- I think I went the Eagles. I think I went the Eagles here, but I, I can't be too confident. I also went the Eagles in here. Yeah, I don't think the Falcons are a very good football team. They've got a very, very, very poor defense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I do like what you say, perhaps. Uh, they're probably the, I don't know, I, was, I, was, I wasn't going to say it, but um, with that, um, Panthers Jets game, like I could easily get turned on the Jets. I could easily flip and go the other way. It's just first game of the season. Don't really know how Wilson's going to play. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. Also interesting to see how Pitts goes in his debut. Um, a lot of storylines surrounding him um, through draft and preseason. Um, I have gone the Eagles though. Um, they are underdogs. They are sitting at two dollars thirty nine at the moment. Falcons are dollar fifty eight. Um, and we've got a handicap of three. People want to sleep on the Falcons. Matt Ryan was was mm. an MVP. They they went they went to a Super Bowl. They led a Super Bowl by twenty five points. Um, you know, and and people want to forget that. Look, they haven't been great the last few years, but a lot of that core is still there. Uh, so, look, we we can't we can't write them off just yet. Do you think Pitts can fill a hole that is left by? Jones though, look pretty hard. Pretty got, hard to fill yeah. a hole left by arguably the best receiver of the last ten years in in Julio leaving. Um, but but if there's anyone that's got the measurables to to go in there and and be a star at the tight end position, it is Kyle Pitts. A lot of noise as well around Calvin Ridley. Uh, mm. Was he so good because Julio took the best defender, or is he? a legitimate wide receiver one and a star in this league. We'll find out this year, I guess. I, I think he's pretty bloody good. I, I do think he's really good, but that, that you know, we we can't underestimate the power of partnerships, whether, mm. whether it be in cricket, two guys batting at either end, or whether it be in, in the NFL with two receivers on, on either side of the field and, and working together. He's he's lost his running mate in in one of the best receivers 
you know, that we've ever seen in Julio Jones, can can he step up and be a number one receiver? Uh, what's your thoughts, Sean? Yeah, I think statistically, uh, looking at last season when Julio didn't play, um, Calvin Ridley uh, had played really well. He had good games. Uh, whether that was because he was getting an extra five targets a game because there's no one else to throw to. <laughs> maybe maybe that was part of that reason. But, um, hey, he, he definitely went up against the number one corner of the other team. He definitely put up uh, good yardage and points. So, yeah, Falcons, I think they've got some talent in offense, um, especially at the receiver position. And when we talk about Pitts and Ridley, I just don't like the rest of the team. Um, Mike Davis is serviceable running back, but behind that offensive line, I'm not sure. Um, yeah. I've got a lot of chips on him. I've got him in fantasy, so I'll see, see how we go with Mike. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think the Falcons are uh, – it's them and the Panthers for, for being the dregs of the NFC South. So let's, let's talk about last year's worst team coming up against this year's worst team um, and the Jags taking on the Texans. Um, I just wanted to point out the Texans, they traded their starting cornerback in uh, Bradley Roby to the Saints um, today. Uh, also, it was funny, they cut um, Kiki Cote, is that how you say his name? Who Cote, was, I think, yeah. He was a 24-year-old slot receiver. It was pretty good for them. Um, and they replaced him with 35-year-old Danny Amendola um, this week. So... Uh, I don't know what this team is um, at this point. Um, I think we're all more interested in seeing quarterback Jesus go out there and see what he can do for the Jaguars, what that team can do with the, you know, the college coach, uh, Urban Meyer coming up and what he can do for this team. I think they'll beat the Texans. Uh, I'm going Jags in this one. Yeah, I've got, I've gone Jags here. Look, the, the Texans, uh, they, they're not highly touted at all. Um, and, yeah, the, the, the big interest in this game is um, is whether Trevor Lawrence will be a generational talent at the quarterback position. Um, look, I'm that much of a football nerd. I'm excited. I'm excited to see it happen. Uh, but in terms of this year and implications for teams that will be pushing for a playoff berth, uh, next. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've got six games to go. Um Broncos take on the Giants uh, in the, one of the first late games. Uh, fuck Monkey and Oz. <laughs> hey, it's, like we just said, it was the worst team take, worst team from last year's day. And this true, true. Fuck true. Yes. All right, on. carry on. <laughs> Broncos, Giants. Yeah, Broncos, Giants. <laughs> uh, Teddy Bridgewater was named star. Javante Williams uh, gets his uh, debuts. Uh, return of Saquon Barkley. And, of course, Kenny Galloway, first game for the Giants. Uh, what do you boys think in this one? I want Saquon to rush for 150 yards and receive 100. <laughs> Look, one of the most talented uh, uh, running backs coming out of coming out of college, out of Penn State, there, uh, and has been riddled by injuries. Um, a, a lot, a lot of talk about how will Saquon go, how will Kenny Galladay go there, uh, but this Broncos defense. We can't sleep on them, short, and I'm sure you'd like to let us know. If Von Miller's going from one side and Bradley Chubb's going from the other, which is what's expected to happen on the weekend, yep. uh, surely Danny Danny Dolan is under duress the whole game. Yeah, and you've got to factor in as well, the Giants potentially have the worst offensive line in the league. Um, so uh, that, that, that was uh, you know, always going to be the biggest concern for Saquon coming back. Uh, he's probably going to have guys in his face all season long. Uh, we'll have to see if he can, um, you know, 
uh, do some shifty moves in the back there um, and get away. Um, kind of like Barry Sanders, um, get out, he make some moves in the backfield so he can get some room and um, get deep. Because uh, I think in a lot in their third preseason game, you kind of saw um, Barkley turned a like a you know a, a check down, like a two yard check down, and then turned it into a thirty yard game by just making moves. So I think there's going to be a lot of that. Just not sure if I'm hoping Denver's defense is going to be excellent this year. They've really bought well in the secondary. Um, but also, don't sleep on the Giants' secondary. They've done well over there too. I just don't think the rest of their defense is overly good and their offensive line's pretty poo. Um, I think it's a big game of footy, but I've got to back the Broncos, but I think the Broncos will win too. I'm not, I'm not well, maybe not a high-scoring game. I don't think it's going to be huge, hugely high-scoring. Yeah, I'm interested to see the, uh, the unders and overs. I think the Broncos win this, and I think it is a low-scoring affair. Yeah, I've gone Broncos as well. They are favourites to dollar sixty six. The Giants are out at two dollars twenty three at the moment. We've got total match points of forty one and a half. That is so low. <laughs> <laughs> That's so low. They know, they know. You know, there's a reason yeah. why they have all the money and we don't. Um, <laughs> yeah, look. Yeah. I probably would I probably wouldn't be punting on that one. Nah. Uh, a cracking game of forty coming up next though. Uh, yeah, we did it. I didn't skip it over. Uh, Chief taking on the Browns. Uh, so you got Paddy Mahomes coming back. Uh, has never lost to an AFC North team. Well, there you go. Shout out Mackett for that little stat there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I think the Baltimore Ravens are in the AFC North, if uh, if I'm not wrong. Uh, of course, taking on a Browns team who look like an excellent outfit this year. Um, I think they've added they added really well on their defensive line to support Miles Garrett as well. What do you think here? Can they can they unseat the Chiefs week one? No, I don't think so. I think the Chiefs win this. Um, but having said that, I think it's Cleveland and Baltimore fighting out the AFC North this this year. I think Cleveland. Look, we we saw glimpses of it last year, and the the, the people of uh, Northern Ohio should should be excited because I think the Browns will will be there or thereabouts for a playoffs position. Pretty hard uh, going up against. The, the number one uh, player in the NFL in Pat Mahomes uh, on on a team that's made two consecutive Super Bowls. I don't think they get the job done this weekend. Um, but but look for Cleveland to be a, a reasonable side this year. Chiefs for mine. Mm-hmm. I think this could probably potentially turn into a stupidly high-scoring game, kind of like the yeah. Ravens game did uh, last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think... Browns can score points. They've got weapons all over their offensive um, offensive team. So, hey, th- this could be a very high-scoring game. I'm looking forward to this one, actually. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah, same here. Um, I've gone Chiefs as well. They are favourites at $1.35. Browns are out at $3.23. Total match points, 54 and a half. What do you think about that one? Oh, that's a lot of points. Like, you know, <laughs> There's a reason why they're bookmakers. Um, yeah, I don't know. I probably wouldn't be touching that, but I can't can't wait to watch this game. Mm. Another another game I can't wait to watch um, yeah. is is uh, a repeat of one of the knockout games from last year in the New Orleans Saints and the Green Bay Packers going at it. Uh, it was scheduled to be uh, under the dome in New Orleans uh, because of Hurricane Ida. It's been moved to Jacksonville. I don't think that favours either side one way or another. 
Um, the, the, the Packers, they've put all their chips in this year. It's clear that it's, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers' last season. We've spoken about it last on multiple episodes leading up to the to the year. And uh, on the same side of the ball, James Winston being named the starter. That's the right decision for them. Um, you know, look, mm. there's a lot of jokes to get made about the 30 for 30, you know, through 30 picks in a year. If he can if he can take away some of the turnovers, he's actually a pretty good quarterback. There's a reason why he went number one overall uh, in in an NFL draft. Uh, um, and and Latavius Murray getting let go um, for for the Saints, the backup to Alvin Kamara. Uh, obviously, I'm a Packers fan. I think I think they win this. Um, I think they're saying it's probably a touch behind where they used to be with Drew Brees, uh, Green Bay. So uh, the Latavius Murray thing's a bit interesting there, and um, we'll get to it in a minute when we talk about the Ravens, but they did sign um, Bell, LeVay Bell to their practice squad, and potentially he'll be on their roster um, come game one, but Murray's could have been a potential add to that team uh, at the running back position. Uh, unsure of why they got rid of him, but I'd say it's probably to do with their salary cap pain they're in at the moment, and mm. they're expecting to hand the ball off to Kamara about 400 times um, this year. So uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully for you, Monk. Hopefully, <laughs> you can stay healthy. Uh, I think yes. Pack in this one, and um, I think Rogers will throw five touchdowns. And then give a big metal finger to Gunter Kunz. Gunter Kunz. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if the Saints have taken too much of a step back from Breeze. Not to take anything away from Breeze. He's obviously going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, there, there will be a bit of an adjustment this year, I reckon, for them. Um, I have gone the Packers this, this time around. Uh, they are the favourites over 48. Saints are out at $2.66 at the moment. Um, total match points is 49 and a half. That's cash on the pack there, I reckon. No green eyes winning at $1.48. Well, same same for Winston as well. If he can throw it and if um yeah, if he can connect up with Galloway or even Kamara, like that could be a high scoring game on from the Saints side as well. I think that's the question mark of the Saints is quarterback play. They've definitely got weapons. Mm. They've got talent over there. It's just, and they've got a good defense. They showed that last. Their, their defense is sneaky good. Yeah. Mm. So. Game yeah. Yeah. They just need to, and they just added Bradley Roby to their 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 backfield, so they got an extra corner help. So. Um, mm. Yeah. It's just can like you say, can Winston take that thirty thirty and turn it into like a thirty and eighteen? Um, they'll win a lot of games if he can do that. Hmm. And what if he turns it to 30 and 12? Yeah. Yeah. If mm. bring, every time he brings that turnover number down, you just start thinking about, hey, that that this Saints team could definitely be up there challenging your bucks for the top of the division. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, that's why I'm, like, again, confident they'll make it through the playoffs, but, yeah, you can't sleep on, on the Saints. Um, yeah. Like, obviously knowing Winston playing for Tampa Bay, like, he's there. Yeah. So the the next match, quite an interesting one actually. I'm actually pretty excited for this. Um, Patriots mm. taking on the Dolphins, uh, two former Bama teammates in Tua and Mac Jones uh, taking on each other. Um, Tua, of course, um, 
I think he's been done a bit dirty with the whole uh, Deshaun Watson talk over there at um, for the for the Dolphins, uh, and then Mac Jones on the other side. Um, uh, some of the chat about him teaching uh, Cam Newton the, the playbook and you know how kind of his mind. Um, it just sounds like uh, baby Brady at this point. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see how how he plays in their first game. I think Tua's got better weapons on the Dolphins' offense than uh, Mac Jones does on the Patriots' offense. Um, but Pat Steve's going to look good. They've got a lot, most of their guys back and they have good signings too. So it'll be an interesting divisional battle to kick off week one. I think the Patriots win this. I, I think with, with their defensive guys coming back in Donta Hightower, they signed Kyle Van Noy back from Miami and, uh, and got the pass rusher in Matt Judon from the Ravens under Bill Belichick. I think Matt Jones' first start as a Patriot, I think they win this. Yeah, it's going to be a pretty interesting season. I did pick the the Dolphins um, purely because I think they potentially will be better to start the year than the Patriots will. But I'm going to say Matt Jones is my rookie of the year. Ooh, that's big. Mm. Well, I, th- I think I said it after the, during our draft special that, hey, if I had to pick a quarterback from this draft that was going to have the best year, it probably is going to be Mac Jones. You did, you did say that early on in the picks. So. He's won the starting job outright. You'll start from week one. He's got 17 games to put together a good resume. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he throws for 4,000 yards this year. Mm. Um, Just mods. I've been interested yeah. how if the Patriots are heavy favourites. Yeah. Well, close. Before I get to the odds, I'm just checking the depth chart for Patriots at the moment. So they've still only got Mac Jones and Jarrett Stidham listed as quarterbacks. Yes. And Jarrett Stidham is still out. So he's on the PUP list. I think they were going to bring back Hoyer uh, potentially to cover for at least the start of the season before Stidham. Yeah. May not have, have happened yet, but Yeah. Well, they'll <laughs> yeah. have to sign him soon because currently they've only got two quarterbacks oh, listed. <laughs> the punter's the backup quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> That's One of the receivers, it. maybe? Who knows? Who knows? Last year, didn't they? They played a receiver at quarterback. Yeah, that was after the, the Denver quarterbacks um, got COVID. It came out actually this week. That's true. That, that they, um, what they did is they took off their wristbands, that were their, their tracking bands, and they put it in each corner of the room so they wouldn't get light saying they were socially distancing, but then they <laughs> sat together to watch film. Uh, so the NFL, like, had had tape of them sitting there because like the whole facility's got CCTV, so <laughs> who knew they talked to? They're like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, so yeah, that that was why they kind of pushed forward with that game and said, no, no, you're at fault here because um, your quarterbacks have fucked up. Tried <laughs> 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 to g uh, the system. Um, uh, they, they didn't release that last year because they didn't want other teams and other players to think, oh, yeah, why don't we do this? <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Anyway, That's give us some odds, Max. Yeah, um, I've gone Patriots as well. They are favourites at dollar fifty-four. Dolphins are out at four uh, two dollars forty-nine. Um, total match points forty-three and a half. Thought it'd be low. Mm. I'm interested in the next one, next game in its mm-hmm. odds. Uh, we've got um, Rams taking on the Bears. Uh, Stafford's first game for the Rams. Andy Dalton the starter for the Bears. Um, two both teams have pretty good D's as well. I think the Bears D's maybe not as good as it was a couple of years ago. They've lost a few few core pieces in the secondary, uh, most of which are now playing for Denver. Um, but 
I picked the Rams here because I just think the Rams are a better team. And I, for whatever reason, in, in our tipping comp, uh, the tippers have heavily backed the Bears, which I think is a bit odd. I don't think the Bears are that good, honestly. Yeah, I think the Rams' offense is a lot better than the Chicago offense. Uh, I think that's where this game gets uh, split. Uh, look, we could be wrong. Sunday Night Football can't wait. The first primetime or oh, second primetime game of the season. Um, and, yeah, a lot a lot of eyes around Matt Stafford and how he goes uh, in, in the blue and gold. Uh, but I've got the Rams here. Yep. That's, what yeah. does those odds look like? Yeah, I've got on the Rams as well. So, yeah, this was one of those weird ones where um, in the tipping comp, um, the Bears were probably not – I think it's pulled back a little bit. Yeah, so they were sitting at – tipping was sitting about 60 65% to, to the Bears. Um, they're actually underdogs, $3.82 with the Rams sitting as favourites as $1.27. So, That's wild. Yeah, it's – as I say, too many Bears fans out there picking Bears. Yeah. <laughs> You'd think so, unless they they know they must know something that we don't know. Maybe the Bears D is just a lot in. more. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they're thinking Andy Dalton's going to go out concussion from Aaron Donald in the first quarter, and then Justin Fields is going to come in and throw four touchdowns. Um, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Everyone, he's sleeping on the red rifle. I reckon he's still got a bit of life left in him. Yeah. 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 Red rifle can shoot some rockets. That's it. And last game for the week. Red Rockets, if you will. <laughs> uh, Raiders taking on Ravens. Um, Ravens by a lot. Lamar Jackson uh, is seven touchdowns and zero inter- intercepts on Monday Night Football. Uh, Mark Andrews did get paid during the week. Uh, $56 million over four years with a 14 mil average. Makes him the third highest paid tight end behind Kittle and Kels. Makes sense, I guess. Uh, he probably is probably the third behind those two. Um, yep. Darren Waller out there is probably like, hey, <laughs> Peter Man. <laughs> he's definitely yeah. up there. I'm glad you mentioned Waller the baller. I think he's he's number three, so he he should get a bag of money pretty yeah. soon. Good it's to not, see Mark Andrews it's not getting two at the moment with Kittle um, coming back from his injury last yeah. year. Uh, but I think Ravens by a lot in this game. Uh, the, the Raiders are just don't think they've done enough or added enough. They got rid of the entire offensive line and then replaced them with bums. Like I, I don't know what they're going to do this year. I'll, I'll agree with you, Sean. I think uh, I'm playing left tackle for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders on the weekend. Uh, I've, I've gone the Ravens here. Yeah. Nice. What are the odds looking like? Yep. Um, I've gone Ravens as well. Uh, they are favourites at $1.44. The Raiders are out at $2.82 at the moment. They've got a handicap of four and a half and Baltimore one to thirteen is sitting at two dollars forty at the moment. So I reckon it's probably going to be a bit of a closer matchup in terms of points scored. Raiders scored points last year, but I'm just not sure about them this year. Mm. They got Braylon Edwards and they got Henry Ruggs over there that really need to step up. Um, Carr's good. Like, I think Carr again gets one of those guys that's underrated, but he's got all the arm talent you need. Um, yeah. I just that offensive line's got to give him time to be able to find these guys. I'm just not sure they will be able. Yeah, I like that, Sean. I think if you put Carr behind the Colts O line, I think he'd be an absolute gunslinger. Yeah. And with that, that wraps us up for the NFL. We made it through it. Um, <laughs> which means if you've stuck with us this long, we're finally going to talk about cricket. 
Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, we talked about the India-England test already, and the, the fifth test hasn't started yet. Um, so instead, we're going to talk about Sri Lanka taking on uh, South Africa. Perhaps what happened in their series? Mate, Sri Lanka won a series. You wouldn't read about it. So it hasn't happened uh, in over 18 months that the Sri Lankans have won an ODI series. Um, they they took game one uh, just by 14 runs. Avisca Fernando uh, set them up with a ton. Uh, then the, the South Africans come back uh, to win game two pretty comfortably. And we need to keep an eye on this bloke. Yanaman Malan, uh, same surname as, as David uh, Malan that we've seen playing for England. He's played 10 ODIs and he's got three tons. So we better keep an eye on him. And then game three, the decider, he'll won it very comfortably uh, with Mahesh Fikshana taking three, uh, sorry, four for 37. Uh, Sri Lanka tie up the series. And, uh, and, the South Africans, they've got actually um, like a league table uh, for for all the ODIs that are happening at the moment, and that's how you qualify for the World Cup. Sri, Lank- uh, Sri Lanka currently sitting fourth. However, they've played a lot of games. And outside of the top eight, the automatic qualification, South Africa sit outside of it. Ireland ahead at the moment. But it, it's also, there are differences in the amount of games each one has played. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hmm. Well, hey, that T20 World Cup's not very far away. Um, yes, really yeah. Oh, so the, the one-day World Cup uh, coming up as well. But the T20 uh, World Cup, and I'm sorry, I transitioned there from New Zealand uh, taking on Bangladesh. Uh, that Bangladesh team, especially in Bangladesh, uh, you can't send over the reserves, can you? Happy. No, they're really good. Uh, they, they've knocked off, Auss- obviously, the Aussies 4-1. And uh, the Kiwis, uh, that they, they've been struggling a little bit. In, um, and this this series is no different. They got skittled for 60, the equal lowest score ever by uh, by the Black Caps over there. Um, they were 4 for 9, so it could have been a little bit worse. But I'll tell you what. These decks that they're, that they're dishing up over there, you may as well be batting on landmines. Trampolines yeah. uh, <laughs> come to mind. Uh, I don't know. But pogo sticks. Uh, <laughs> not, not much, not much uh, consistent bounce in it. And, um, look, no, no one could score runs on these decks. Uh, Bangladesh got home there. The second game was a bit closer. Uh, Bangladesh also coming out on top, and the third game was all New Zealand. Uh, so the the Bangladeshis lead that one two one. We'll see what happens in the last two. Uh, for mine, I think in in uh, the Emirates, a fully fit Bangladeshi side may bother a few of these uh, more highly favoured uh, sides. We'll see what happens there, boys. So just checking the result in game four as well. Uh, New Zealand scored 93 from 19 overs. 93. Uh, yep. And Bangladesh got, well, they scored 96. Um, we're down four from 19 and one. So it might have been a little bit of rain today in there. Uh, no, but, it's, it's the pitches. 
Yeah, it's got over the pitches. But Bangladesh won by six wickets and had five balls left. So they've won uh, that. And I think that will wrap their series up for them. They win 3-1. It's a fifth game to come, but dead rubber at this point. Back to back, Bangladesh have put away Australia and New Zealand. Granted, not not the top sides that could have gone, but I think we've got to keep an eye on Bangladeshi cricket. Yep. Mm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they come into that T20. Um, hopefully brimming with confidence after these two series. You'd think, you'd think. Speaking of T20, uh, the IPL, of course, recommences in two weeks. So we're getting pretty close to, to that. Um, so they're towards the end of this month, uh, which leads directly into that World Cup, as we mentioned. Final bit of cricket news. Um, we talked about the Afghanistan taking on Australia uh, test to happen before uh, the Ashes. It looks like this is likely going to be off um, with some of the announcement that the Afghanistani Sports Administration um which is actually asked for an acronym, so I you know, don't think that's what it's called. Uh. <laughs> uh, so um, uh, they've made a whole bunch of changes and of uh, regulations and rules and sports over there. And our government um, isn't now not supporting this test going forward, so it sounds like they're not putting money up for it, which means uh, Australian cricket are probably going to cancel it, which is disappointing. Um, but you know, or, or they might find a replacement. Um, but yeah, at the moment, there's no. It looks likely there won't be a warm-up match for Australia for the Ashes. So I think the story behind this is the uh, current, I guess, government for Afghanistan are saying they will they're going to be banning women from playing. And I think part of the conditions of playing the Test matches they need to have a men's and women's um, match. So um, yeah, I guess the Cricket Australia has just said no. Nah. You know, interested. And bloody fair enough as well. Like, absolute yeah. shit show over there. So good to see CA finally, you know, being assertive on a, on a decision like that. So, yeah, can't can't question mm. that. Yeah. And that's cricket. Um, let's talk some soccer. Soccer or some football. Um, let's talk about the World Cup qualifiers. Uh, Mate, yeah, our boys first, the Socceroos. Well, we're flying, we're flying. We uh, we put away China and Vietnam. We're ten on the trot, ten wins, zero yeah. losses, zero draws. Uh, there's that's actually an Asian record. And you know who else has done that? Germany, Spain, and Mexico. Uh, I imagine uh, the uh, the opposition was was pretty similar to what they faced in in. In Europe or in, in North America. So we'll take it, boys. We'll take it. That's 10 on the trot. Uh, Socceroos win the World Cup. Um, not much. <laughs> you heard else. it here first. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but in all, in all seriousness, um, we're going okay. We're top of our group. We do have Japan and Saudi Arabia in that group who will be quite good, and we haven't played them uh, just yet. So top two go through. And then the the third place teams play play off in a uh, in a sudden death format. So look, we've set ourselves up well. We'll see what happens there. Uh, but look, we started off well. What's happening in Europe though? Look, all the big fish are doing good. Your Germany's, your France's, your Italy's. Um, they're they're all going okay. Spain's going good. Portugal's going good. 
I've got my eye on Armenia. They are sec their second in Group J, just behind Germany. And I did see on Twitter that uh, the most famous Armenian in the world, Kim Kardashian, has said if if they make the World Cup, she's leaving Kanye and uh, she's she's uh, actually going to uh, flash her tatas for uh, for all all to see. No, that that's not confirmed. But um, this Armenian. I'm sure she's done both those things. But yeah, we're kicking on. Sorry <laughs> again. Uh, this Armenian side. They've got Henry Mikritarian, who who was at United, and then I was looking through their squad list. No one. Like, it, it may as well be, uh, you know, two blokes that you found down down the road playing for Armenia. And so they're coming... It's a Bernie basketball team. They're, mate, they're, they're coming out of nowhere. They're coming out of nowhere, and they, they are on track to have a playoff game to make the World Cup. So it'd be massive if the Armenians can do it. Yeah. Sean... What did we see in Brazil and Argentina? This is these are two football powerhouses going at it, and it was an absolute shit show. What yes. happened? So I think uh, this match happened in Argentina, I believe. So the Brazilian team had come across. Um, or other, other, other way. Yeah. But either way, I think um, the guys that played for Brazil probably came across from Europe, um, being over there playing in those competitions. Uh, they've come across to the South America, um, the continent, to to play this play this match. Uh, but the problem is for I think it was three Brazilian players. Um, they uh, said one thing on their cards when they said it to the health officials um, when they came into the country, and then they did the opposite of that. I think they were meant to be quarantined. I think it was one of the things, and then they were out playing in this game. So during uh, the you know the game got suspended seven minutes after kickoff. Uh, the health Brazilian health officials came out onto the pitch and were trying to deport the Brazilian players uh, for being involved um, for you know saying the wrong thing and uh, uh, breaking Ar- their Argentina, rules. Argentinian, Argentinian, wow, players. Yeah, <laughs> Argentinian? yeah, Argentinian yeah that's the players, word. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. they have been in the UK. But, yeah, like I said, they've been over there. Um, yeah. Shit show, as you said, perhaps how this was not sorted out beforehand. Before the um, the kickoff, um, yeah. did they bribe the wrong people? Is probably the question you need to answer here. <laughs> yeah. well, how did the, I mean, how did they get let out by the teams in the UK in the EPL with yeah, no, without no, being no. like yeah, having some sort of conditions around it? So I think some of the teams are looking at finding those players as well. Um, I want to know how did this uh, pass the litmus test uh, from the drug dealers that control those <laughs> nations? <laughs> They're running um, the borders. Yeah, well, I think the drug dealers in the you know in the corporate boxes probably wanted to see this match happen. So, um, <laughs> yeah, they, they, yeah, yeah, they they they, they brought the wrong. This, this was an agenda they were pushing. Yeah, they, they bribed the wrong officials to get them to get to make this match happen. Sure. Um, Shit show. Um, did anyone end up winning this match? No, it was, it was called seven minutes. So they, they, they're going to have to replay. And who knows if the fans' uh, tickets got re- remunerated or what happened there. So dumb. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, the final point we want to talk about in the soccer is uh, a bit of a news story came out. FIFA announced they want to have the World Cup every two years. Uh, what do you think about that? 
Considering, well, how much money is Qatar spending to build stadiums to host the World Cup? Oh, look at their human rights record, mate. It's, <laughs> it's, it's an atrocity. It's an atrocity. Look, FIFA and corruption go together. Um, how do you say it? Like peas and carrots. Uh, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Look, this this is a blatant money grab. That's all it is. It's this is FIFA saying, look, let's have a World Cup every two years and try and cash in. Um, I hate it. I'm a vehemently opposed to it. I think there's a reason why you have the Euros or the Copa America every two, you know, every four years, and that it happens on the alternate two years from the World Cup. Um, I think it stinks. I think it stinks of corruption. Uh, we'll see what happens, but I really hope this doesn't happen. Uh, it's, it kind of goes back to the you know the Super League from last year. Uh, powers of B, they know, they've got the talent, they've got the, the mega stars now. They want to pump them dry for as much as possible. Let's put them in front of uh, the, their audiences as much as they can. Um, mm. So yeah, let's do a World Cup every two years. Uh, fuck the logistics and trying to get you know, countries to actually put it up, which would mean I think you'd have repeat countries like. Uh, you'd have, you know, Germany doing it two years in a row as an example. Uh, well, two World Cups as an example because, like, hey, we're building infrastructure now. We've still got it. By the next one builds, like, with the amount of infrastructure they kind of request and want to, you know, those countries to invest in um, the billions of dollars, it's not quite on the level of the Olympics, but it's pretty fucking close. It's up there. You know? Yeah. But yeah. As, a, as a fan... Would you not want to see more international matches? Like, would you not want to see, like, probably FIFA aside, would you not want to see the Socceroos playing more teams, more international matches? Like, how how would we get that yeah, well, sort you, of competition going? that argument to you, Max. All right, let's say the World Cup happens every year. Does it mean yeah. as much? No. The, the, the meaning is the important bit. That's Probably not. But, like... So I guess rather than so, would you be opposed to having a different sort of competition? They They're already probably not World Cup they level. They want to open it up to forty-eight teams. They want to make forty-eight teams. It's Blake. It's it's for mine. It's a no-brainer. You can see what they're trying to do. They're just trying yeah. to have more football and and have a bigger title around it. I love that it's every four years. It gets the most casual football fan invested in this tournament if you keep it at four years. Uh, I, I just I just think making it every two years, it's 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 blatant what they're trying to do. And it takes away from from the um you know your continental competitions. The the reason why the Euros are so fun is because they happen the other two years that you don't get the World Cup. Uh, I don't know. For, for mine, it just yeah. stinks. It just it just stinks of money grabbing. Yeah, and then the 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 meaning for the players as well. Like you take someone like Messi or Ronaldo, who will probably play in five World Cups. Um, you know, you, you're doubling it essentially. They'll potentially play in ten World Cups. Um, the World Cup, the World Cup's the yeah. pinnacle. That yeah. is the that is the pinnacle of playing football or soccer. And and if you just say okay, it's every two years. Where where do we go from there? Is it every 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 year? Like, you get know. so many more chances to be able to potentially win that it, it again it dilutes the product. So yeah. you, 
that's the balance you got to play that's with fair. is like one getting enough product out there, but then not, you know, supply and demand, oversupplying it, diluting it so much that people just get sick of it. Yeah, I agree with you, Sean. I think keep it as it is. I, I like every four years. With that, that's soccer. And I think that means we're going to get into our final round of sports. Um, ding, kick, ding. Yeah, kicking off, of course, with the UFC, um, the one kind of real big note fight that happened, uh, I think it was last week, um, Derek Bronson uh, defeated Darren Till. Um, Darren Till's on a bit of a one-four slide, I think he is. He's lost um, at least his last three, I believe, um, which is a bit unfortunate for him. At the middleweight division after coming up from welterweight, so I'm not sure what his plans are going forward. Uh, but it's, Bronson did call out Izzy after um, Israel Alessandro after this fight. Um, but I don't think Izzy's taking that anytime soon. He's got Whitaker to worry about at this point. What's interesting, uh, they announced that Charles Oliveira is going to take on Dustin Poirier in, um, at UFC 269. This 269 card's starting to shape up and looks pretty good. Yeah. Also had the Nunes versus Pene uh, fight already announced on it. What's interesting about Charles Oliveira, um, he did go on a 4-1 slide uh, in his lightweight uh, career to start off. Um, before he then turned around and became champion. So, hey, Darren Till is still still potentially out there for you. It's but the not big, I just, well, I just yeah. want to quickly go. go back to Darren Till. So, he's, in the last five matches, he's lost 4-1-1. Who is verse, though? Kill no us. slouches. So, 2018, Tyrone Woodley. 2019, Jorge Masvidal. He that was one too, by the way. Yeah. And lost Mansa. Yeah, so he lost those two. He won against Gaslam in 2019, and then he lost to Robert Whitaker in 2020, and then Derek Bronson, obviously this weekend. So they're all top fighters. Like, yeah, yeah, like you can't That's, be ashamed by those losses, I guess. Yeah, he just needs to go back, retool, um, rebuild his confidence. Probably is the main mm. thing. And know that he's he himself is a killer, and then come back and make another run. Um, you know, Masvidal did the same thing. He was gatekeeper for a long time, went away. You know, the mental side of the game is huge, and you got to refocus mm. yourself, retool a little bit, tweak a little bit, a few things in your game, and hey, you can make another run. Um, Stanford got plenty of time, plenty of time on his side as well. Um, but speaking of the next card that's coming up, UFC 266 is two weeks away. We will preview that when we get a bit closer to it. But our boy Volk is on it, taking on Brian Ortega, uh, coming off of uh, what's the show they do? Um, Ultimate, Ultimate Fighter. Fighter. That's the one. It wasn't the Contender Series that was confusing me. Um, uh, but they've got the Sexy Bullet taking on uh, Murphy as well as the co-main event. That oh, was the main event, really. But Nick Diaz versus Robbie Lawler is on this. Um, they've got Blades and Rosenstrike. Is that for that interim? shit as well or is that a no that's a different fight that was um i think it's different yeah but still an, in, interesting interesting matchup for sure yeah, guys mm. both floating around um the five there but i think we'll preview that um before that weekend actually happens yeah we a few weeks away yeah so from usc to f1 um the biggest news in f1 has been the the driver movements but let's just i'll quickly recap this gp and then get your thoughts on it monks uh Kimmy got Kimmy Räikkönen got COVID after he, he announced his retirement during the week. Um, so Kubi, Robert Kubiachi uh, came in and raced in his spot. Um, did okay. Um, 
Staffer and Maz haven't been doing great. But the Dutch GP was all about Max Verstappen. He um, mm. led the entire event. He, um, he started from pole, um, completely dominated. Mercedes did some interesting kind of pit strategies. I think Lewis Hamilton ended up doing a three-stop. Did he make four stops in the end? Um, uh, he made a bunch of stops essentially to try and see if they can use their tyres uh, to leapfrog. Max, so it was a bit of a strategy game in this because uh, mm. uh, it was a bit of a harder track to overtake um, unless your name was Perez. So, you know, Verstappen, Hamilton, uh, Verstappen retakes the lead in the standings, but the neck and neck between him and Hamilton. Uh, Bottas was mm. third, Gasly was fourth, and you're for- followed by the Ferraris, Alfa Terries, and the McLarens. They rounded out the top there, they rounded out the 10. Perez was probably the driver of the day, started from the pits. Uh, right at the back there, and then worked his way through into eighth position. The only driver, really, that could take make overtakes on this course. Um, mm. but that was because he had a car that was much quicker than those guys in the bottom ten there. Max, yeah. what, what were your thoughts on the race? Yeah. Um, so this is the first time they've been back to this track since 1985. So and then obviously this is the first um, Verstappen was the first Dutch driver to win the Dutch Grand Prix, um, at least since then. Um, I I really liked the track. It was really cool. It had some some of the banking turns um, were banking corners, yeah, which you don't really see too much. Um, so it did make for an interesting spectacle in terms of just watching the race. Um, yeah, towards the end, it was was pretty interesting that whole the whole pit stops with for Lewis Hamilton. So what had what had happened was Hamilton was running in second behind Verstappen. He had the fastest lap at the time, um, and then Bottas came in for fresh tires, and he was going around the track. He was putting up uh, purple sectors, so quicker sectors in sector one and two. Got told over the radio that he had to slow down to leave. Lewis with the fastest um, lap because that obviously earns you an extra point in the championship as well. Um, unfortunately, Bottas didn't slow down enough. Um, well, he, he eased he, off in the last sector, but he was still faster than Hamilton's. Yeah. At that point. So he ended up posting the fastest lap on the second last lap of the race, um, or it might have been the third, I guess, depending on timing, um, which meant. I think it was third because then Hamilton had his outlap and then he had his yeah. flying lap. Yeah. That's it. So second last lap, Hamilton's had to go on into the pits again. Luckily enough, um, the top three uh, had a bit of a lead over the rest of the pack, so they were able to um, pit without losing position. Significant lead. I think they over um, lapped everyone up to like P four. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Um, Crazy, crazy. So, yeah, Hamilton had to go go out and fresh fresh tyres to get that fastest lap back off Bottas um, on the last lap of the race. He um, came across the radio and said, "I need that one point." So, <laughs> Bottas, yeah. I think, I think Hamilton's fastest lap was like a one fourteen, and then Bottas did like a one twelve. Um, but Hamilton easily beat it with a one eleven. So, yeah, that's it. They, they had they definitely had pace and fresh tyres, but um, it, it was yeah. to go back to Max. It was Max's race and. The, the yeah. dust fans, the, the orange army, there's went bananas for him. The yeah, they had the orange flares yeah, firing the scenes, off at the end of the race. It, and it, was, it was excellent. Yeah. Um, and it just goes to show how how tight this race for the championship points is this season, um, particularly for the drivers. I think for the Constructors' Championship, 
Mercedes is probably pulling a head, a little bit of a head now. Um, I think they've got a good lead just because Perez is. Um, yeah, Perez has issues. Yeah, um, which is always a a thing for that second driver in at Red Bull. You always really have Stefan at the top, and then whoever's coming in doesn't seem to always meet their expectations. But yeah, I see names Mark Webber, but yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> a while ago now, but yeah. So yeah, good race. Um, Yes. So the yeah. next race, they move on to Italy. Um, the Italy GP is on this weekend. That's at Monza. Uh, mm-hmm. Kimi, of course, is still out in that race. So uh, Robert Kubica will uh, race for him. Uh, the driver news, and we'll go back to Kimi. He did officially retire, as mentioned. Um, so that then triggered uh, Bottas to Alfa Romeo, as expected. Mm-hmm. Um, Gasly and uh, Suki Sonoda confirmed they're staying put. So Alfa Tari will be the same next year. But with the Bottas move to Alfa Romeo, that allowed Russell then to go to Mercedes. Yeah, um, a bit of a domino effect there. Yeah, look look for Russell potentially to win the championship next year. Um, they could very well do it. He's got the car now and he has the talent. Um, yeah. But the interest. Do, is the, do you think that Russell, Sean? Do you think Russell could actually win it next year? Yeah, potentially. Like you can see, Bottas just hasn't been able to do it. Let me put it this way: the one time. He was in Hamilton's car, but you got to say the two yeah. Mercedes cars should be almost identical. But last year, Russell and Hamilton's car was leading a Formula 1 race and should have won that race before they had um, issues in their pit stops and the car um, yeah. essentially falling apart on Russell at that point. So he's got the talent. Give him the car. He could potentially do it. What's interesting, uh, Alex Albon has gone to Williams as his replacement. Um, that year in FB2, Williams was one. Lando was second and Albon was third. Um, so great kind of talent that came out of that year of FB2. Uh, but Albon was with Red Bull and Alfa Torre uh, last year. Hadn't had a seat this year, but he gets confirmed he'll be at Williams. And then that trio is now back in F1. Mm. So. It, it will be interesting with Russell at Mercedes because they do – because you've only got a certain amount of money. And well, especially, what was that? All English team, both drivers. Yeah, true. Yeah, um, especially with all the regulations next year, with all the caps on research and all that sort of stuff, um, and the amount of money you can spend in, on parts and the parts you can carry. Yeah, well, all the, um, all the new cars, the rules, like all the regulation changes, the parts, yeah, wheels, um, a lot. It's going to be a very different season next year. And and even like this season, like they run different packages on different cars, so they can sort of work out what the best strategy is for the race. So um, whether they, they still favour Lewis, who will be on his last year of his contract next year or second last contract, but the year of his contract. So whether they f- still favour him and try and get him championships points and leave Russell to be that second second driver for the team to protect um, Lewis through races, I guess, or whether that you do sort of see a changing of the guard next season. Um, yeah. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch, definitely. Just confirming, I think George Russell is very, very young, 23 as well. So Yes, definitely got a lot of, a lot of years ahead of him. Um, yeah, floating around the internet this this week, you, you see all the pictures of um, when Lewis Hamilton made his debut into F1 and you've got um, George Russell's like standing behind him asking for his autograph and he's like a 12-year-old kid. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just another racing together. Yeah, yeah, as teammates, like, yeah, 10 years makes a big difference. (laughs) 
Yeah. Anyway, um, Peppy, do you want to finish this off? Oh, that's F1. Uh, Peppy, do you want to finish this off with some golf and tennis? Yeah, sure. The uh, the the golf season finished up on the weekend. Uh, Patrick Cantlay, uh, the champion of the FedEx Cup, uh, pockets a cool fifteen million dollars US if you don't mind by winning that tournament. Um, obviously, the staggered start uh, plays into effect. But John Ram was right on his uh, on his tail. Uh, he only come back one shot behind Patrick, and. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen that uh, Patrick Cantlay's uh, partner or significant other is rather easy on the eyes. Um, I, I want you, the listener or, or, or monks or Sean, to conduct a, a quick um, experiment. Type in Patrick Cantlay into your Google right now and um, just see what comes up, if you wouldn't mind. <laughs> I'm serious. Open a new tab. I got I got his uh, leaderboard and his record and a whole bunch of news stories. So I don't know news stories to pull up. Wikipedia, well, if, PGA. If, if I type it in my uh, in my Google search, what comes up is a uh, Patrick Cantlay girlfriend, Patrick Cantlay wife, Patrick yeah. Cantlay partner. Oh, in terms of the um, suggested auto, results. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wife's there. Anyways, I don't want to take away from what the machine this <laughs> week. I just thought that was of no. <laughs> uh, I think you did some bodybuilding. This no. year? Have to wait for the peppy to come back. You're a bit laggy, bro. Yeah. <laughs> this is what happens when you run a potato off. What are you telling me? You run your internet off a potato. Um, oh, you just lay down there for a. And he's gone! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see if he comes back. Um, so uh, that was golf, tennis. Uh, the US Open's actually going on. We haven't talked about the US Open at all. Welcome back, baby. Um, we're just getting stuck into the US Open, and I'll just say we haven't covered it at all. Um, the men's are in the semifinals, and also the women's. Uh, what's happening over in the semis there, Peppy? Oh, who really gives a fuck, to be honest? Uh... <laughs> Novak's going to win. Let's put it that way. I hope he doesn't. I'm I'm really sick of him. I'm he's an anti-vaxxing, loudmouth. Uh, I I really like him as a as a younger fan of the sport. And to be honest, I'm sick of him. So I would like to see someone else win it. Yeah, I'm and not going to try and say any of the names of the his competitors. Um, because they... Medvedev, Olga Aliasami, and uh, someone else. Uh. Neveva? Don't know. Anyway, Jokic probably going to beat him and go into the final. Uh, the women's on the other side is a little bit interesting because I think they've got the 18-year-olds um, still going, don't they? That's right. Layla Fernandez, the un- unseated Canadian. She's 18 years old. She's still kicking around. And Pupsy's favourite, Ariana Sabalenka, she's she's still there. The big Belarusian, obviously, Ash Barty, 
parted ways early in the Very competition. Mm. And, um, yeah, we'll see what happens there. Obviously, big tennis aficionados. Watch it every day. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, Majorca is winning all the tournaments um, with uh, Nadal and Roger kind of picking and choosing what they play in at the moment. Um, makes it less enjoyable. I think we'll see a, we'll see a changing of the guard in the next few years. These oh, boys getting tough. on. Djokovic mm-hmm. is still very good, but uh, Nadal and Feds, I think they're, they're starting to get ready to uh, consider their retirement plans, boys. And with that, I think we need to start thinking about our retirement and finishing up uh, this podcast. Um, <laughs> thank you, boys. Uh, that, we'll be back next week. <laughs> yeah, true. We'll be back next week, as always. We'll, we'll cover the um, India-England test as well, uh, see what the result is from that. Uh, mm-hmm. and, yeah. Oh, and NFL football. Let's go. Yeah, week one, baby. Week one. Yeah. Big weekend ahead um, yep. of Pretty all finals. the sports. Thank you, boys. It's been excellent as always. Um, I will chat yes. to you in the coming days. See you, boys. Take it easy. Yeah, stay easy. Bye. Gotcha. <laughs>